Oh shit, I was muted. Hey, what's going on guys? I'm here. I'm here. Annika is late. Annika is coming. She's supposed to be here. <laughs> mm. Happy New Year, everyone. Going to be a chill stream. Let me know if you guys can't hear me or anything in the chat. I'll throw my headphones on real quick. Uh, we got some guests coming tonight, I think. Should be a fun night. I got a lot of stories lined up. I got a few videos. <laughs> oh, here she is. Here she is. Hi. I was getting ready. Yeah. Thought you were going to make me go solo again for like 20 minutes. Oh, God. Okay. To clarify, that one time you told me you were going to be late. You said, <laughs> late. So I was getting stuff done. Yeah, I tend just to let you know, I tend to I, I try to keep my phone in the other room on the charger and I ignore it a lot of the time unless I know I'm gonna need it. So how's it going? It's going really good. I've had a really good year. Uh better than I expected, I think. I've been blessed. Hashtag yeah. blessed, nice. Yes. Hashtag Me too. Blessed. Me too. So, I got yeah. I, got some I new saw. Jewelry. I know. I was gonna tell everybody that you and I got married, but oh. I didn't. I was like, oh, I didn't know you were gonna. No, I'm just fucking with you. I did. Uh, I did tell um, somebody earlier though that uh, when I saw your your tweet, because I remember like a few weeks ago, I said, or uh, however long ago it was, I asked you if we were going to uh, be public about it. Yeah, a yeah, lot yeah. Of people aren't. I think a lot of people are really private about their private lives. Yeah, understandable. So, okay, um, hold yeah. on. Though. Did, are, did you just get engaged? What's going on? There's a, everything's going on. <laughs> everything is going on. Apparently, I am a 40-year-old cat collecting. What was it? I don't know. I've got like, everybody has a different different opinion of me. That's a giant yeah, got, lock you just showed us, uh, isn't it? Yeah, it's it looks pretty big. Made of candy. Okay. Yeah. Um, so the, um, yeah. So I was well, that's on a exciting. stream earlier. I don't know if you heard. On yeah. JS. Yeah. Okay. So there's a few things to talk about. So let's, let's start with that. I guess what just happened, you were yeah. on with JF just yeah. a little while ago and I guess you got into it with CRP. My that's life the coach. Thing I don't understand. I don't understand. <laughs> so, so a little bit of backstory. Um, a couple of years ago, remember Crouton T? Yeah, the Crouton T big drama, the the mm -hmm. Discord server, all of that. Back during that, I was sent some private incriminating. Uh, well, I didn't know if it was true or not because I don't just jump to conclusions about people. Some things about CRP behind his back, and so instead of just sitting on it or instead of going public with it, I went to him and he and I skyped for at least thirty minutes, maybe an hour. Uh, uh, CRP and I. A private Skype. Nobody else was in the Skype. Um, during that conversation, I told him some very personal things about my family situation, about like even my sister had passed away while she was pregnant. Like something came up about something and I told him, you know, about my sister dying. Um, he knew who I was back then because I was, I was explaining to him like things that were said about him behind his back. And that's really, you know, because I think that that's, that's something we should do, especially when uh, there's doxing that is being planned, right? 
Um, and I only told him, I didn't tell anybody else because it only pertained to him. And then there were a couple of other people that I knew some things about and I went directly to those individuals. So a couple, I don't know, a few months ago, between three and four months ago, there was a stream that him Monday Renaissance man and some other guy did. And then afterwards the fourth guy, which I don't recall his name because I didn't interact with him, um, left the stream and I popped in. I think it was recorded and I really hope it was. Monday Monday seems to think that um, CRP has me mixed up with somebody else because he brought up that stream, but he got the details wrong, like completely. And then he told me I wasn't listening to the guy. The Well, I knew the guy's name, Renaissance Man. I know what he's getting his degree in because he told me. I know his age. I know like all these things about him. And I've only spoken to the guy once, but I was listening to his story because it was interesting. Um, I believe that it was recorded and I hope it was because CRP tonight. Oh, so, so to go back to during that conversation at the beginning, CRP acted like he had no idea who I was and he had never heard of me. And I was like, we, we seriously like, and then I, I told him, I was like, dude, we talked on Skype. There was maybe a year and a half to two years ago, whenever the Crouton tea thing happened. Um, well, somebody in the remember. chat is saying that they just think uh, CRP was drunk, which is probably the think. case. I think he was That's just like think. starting I, shit for my fun. My phone was blowing up like crazy. I had half the people telling me, bring out the claws. They were giving me incriminating evidence to use against him, which I'm not going <laughs> to do. That's not what I do. And it's that's not my style. Um, and then other people were saying, just disengage. He's a drunk. So yeah, I don't I know. I I. I think he's. I think it makes sense that he's got me mixed up with somebody else because Monday remembers that entire conversation, and he was like, "That totally didn't happen." So Monday can come in and and talk about it. I've never shat on incels. In fact, that you get on to me for defending incels. <laughs> that's the. Yes, that's the it's true. I did. Yeah. I defend these guys left and right to other people. Oh, and the other thing is, I don't shit on groups. I shit on individuals. The only group that I've shat, I've shat on, <laughs> I've shat on feminists, and even that I'm starting to un un. I'm starting to get to where I I don't shit on feminists as a whole because I know a lot of fem women who call themselves feminists, but they have the same views as like you and I. They're for traditionalism. They're for women should be mothers, but they call themselves feminists because they're using the original term. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, we have our first guest. I invited a whole bunch of people the to the stream. So, okay, uh, let me do that. Hold on. Boop, boop, boop. Yes. Uh, so I don't know who's all going to show up, but I, Philosopher Cat is here, and that's exciting because she's really cool. Do you know her? No, you know her I would like, but I would like to meet more of the ladies. And yeah. I would like to, yeah, I'd like to do collabs with the girls because I'm not going to be making content for men. I'm going, so starting 2020, just really quick, and then I'm, I want to hear what she has to say. Starting in 2020, I'm going to try to make a video every single day, even if it's just a quick two or three minutes, and it's just like a journal. And I'm going to go back to what I was doing originally, which was just talking to women. Like, I, I don't really even care about guys. A video every day, that's quite ambitious. Yeah. It might I, just I, be a few minutes long. It's going to be poorly edited. <laughs> I think uh, we'll Philosophicat did a millennial this year too, which you also did, yes. which I was going to ask you about, yes. but um, are you there? I'm are here. <laughs> How's Hello. it going? Good. How are you guys? So what's Good. your deal? Fellow <laughs> you thought? 
Oh, you thought. I actually, uh, I think, Annika, you and I started following each other on Twitter recently. And then I saw you just did a millennial too, but I haven't watched yours yet because I'm still like catching up on all of them and I'm trying to go in order and yeah. I'm way behind. What can I say? I've, uh, <laughs> I've tried to pop into them while they're live when someone I know is on just to kind of show support, you know, in the comments. So. But yeah, I've just, it's been such a busy holiday season. So the, the millennial has been awesome. I've been really enjoying it. I even sent uh, woes a few bucks the other day. Cause I was just like, oh man, this guy's just providing so much quality content. I watched the jail at Jared Taylor one today. Uh, I watched yours, Annika. Um, and I've, I've watched a bunch of other ones, the golden one. I can't remember. There's like, there's so much content there. It's I'm pretty into it. Like, mm -hmm. I, like, did he do it last year? Or did he take? He's yes, done he it did. for like the last few years. Okay. It's kind of a, it's kind of a holiday tradition now. Yeah. yeah. See, I remember it, but I wasn't like that into it before, like a couple years ago. And I couldn't even remember if he did it last year because I guess I just wasn't that into it. But this year, I'm just like, oh, I don't know if I'm like, I'm. Does that mean I'm further right now, or just that the other content on YouTube has been really boring lately? But <laughs> pretty cool. The um, so. I was on Millennial two years ago, and that was actually the beginning of me getting into kind of more this type of content. I did it for a little bit, and then I kind of said, you know what, this isn't really my, I, I don't mean out of content, I mean like for the right, more traditional conservative stuff. Prior to that, I avoided politics outside of my podcast, um, the podcast I did with Jacob, and um, that was very political. That was all that was, was political, um, politics and culture. Um, and technology, but a lot of the technology had like a, you know, it was like talking about women freezing their eggs and uh, like Google paying women $20,000 to freeze their eggs, which I thought was kind of a weird, a weird thing like saying, hey, have a career and then we'll pretend that we give a shit that you have babies. It was just, so they get a bunch of women in their mid 40s with frozen eggs that are scrambling to have a child and they can't. Anyway, was, <laughs> yeah, I'm bitching. I'm bitching. <laughs> I'm like, I don't like these companies um, with their their feeding concern for families. If they really cared, they'd just fire all the women and and give the men raises. <laughs> I'm just saying, fire the women and double the men's salaries so that they can have families. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so Philosopher Cat, what did you talk about on your millennial you since? Me and Annika haven't had a chance to watch it. Why don't you give us a little rundown for the people who might want to go check that out? Well, the first thing I said was I corrected his pronunciation of my name, and I have to do it to you now, too. <laughs> I, will, I will succeed eventually in educating everybody about this. It's Philosophicat. But you know what? That's just too hard. Cat is fine. Okay. <laughs> I was, was going to say, Cat yeah. is just fine. <laughs> Gotcha. Um, that actually is phonetic. It's like philosophical. philosophical. Yes, thank you. Somebody gets it. <laughs> well, come I on. Really my, name is, my name is Aniqua. <laughs> of, course, of course, I know how to pronounce things. Um, no, I think that I would have, I would have pronounced it philosophy cat. Yeah, but, it's just an objectively terrible name, yeah. and well, it's probably too blame late to your parents now. for us mispronouncing your name. They shouldn't have given you such a horrible name. Yeah, what were they thinking? <laughs> All my siblings got off with much more normal names than Phyllis. Phyllis I can't even say it myself now. I'm so confused. Philosophic cat. Yeah, let's just stick with cat. Um, but uh, 
We, um, we talked mainly about a video that I did called Traditional Man's Path to Heroism and a little bit about its companion video, Traditional Woman's Path to Heroism. Um, I do a lot of uh, videos that draw from Julius Evola's work. So kind of like the flagship thing on my channel at the moment is this Revolt Against the Modern World series. Right. Um, I've been watching those. They're really yes, cool. I think you left me a very nice comment. I did. <laughs> I did. You put a lot of work into it and it's good because I feel like I, I don't have to read it. <laughs> I'm getting, honestly, I'm getting like that's a lot kind of, of the point. Yeah. I mean, it'd be great if people do read it, but it's also meant to be that you could watch this and at least just get an overview of this kind of philosophy because um, Evola's works were not really translated into English until fairly recently. So he hasn't had a lot of time to kind of like trickle his way through intellectual circles. And as more and more people have, you know, been talking about him and people like to throw quotes and titles of his books around, but they maybe haven't necessarily read it or understood it. Um, I wanted to take this book, which is one of my favorite books, and just take it chapter by chapter. It's not an audiobook reading by any means. I'm basically taking the idea in each chapter and kind of like summarizing it, breaking it down, giving uh, further clarifications and explanations. So I might be reading the, each chapter like five or six times, taking a bunch of notes on it, having discussions with my partner in crime who helps me make them. Um, I'm doing a lot of like side reading as well, uh, with a lot of like the, the footnotes that he references, but doesn't necessarily explain and kind of just trying to like take these ideas and put them into like simpler modern English for the average person who might otherwise struggle with what is objectively a very dense book. Yeah. For anybody out there who has heard that term revolt against the modern world and, or Julius Evola, and you're interested in that, I, you should definitely check out philosophicats channel it's dope <laughs> and you got it right you said it right <laughs> but nice. um i i don't think woes had seen those so we mainly just stuck to uh to the topic of just kind of like you know what it means to be a man or a woman our our roles in relation to each other and i know he had seen both of those videos and it's a subject that he's talked about on his channel as well, just kind of like gender relations between men and women within right wing spheres. Um, he's always been uh, an advocate for for women and he's always spoken out against, you know, this kind of trend for uh, people to sort of narrowly define women as just b being baby making machines. And that's kind of um, that's something I've sort of been passionate about. I, it's not the focus of my channel, but I have made a couple of videos on it just in terms of, um, you know, seeing women as, as whole people and providing a more holistic view of what it, what it means to be a woman. Because I think in many ways, our role in life changes a lot over the course of our life in a way that men's ne doesn't necessarily, you know, we, we might be mothers, but then eventually our children grow up and leave home or we're left widowed. And so to address that, I made a video called the path of the crone. Um, just because I don't like this idea that, you know, oh, if you're if you're over 30 and uh, you're you have rotten eggs and your only value is having children like that's really depressing for a lot of women. And frankly, every single woman, whether she has kids or not, eventually ends up with her kids moved out of home. And there's really not any there's no discussion of that age group of women on the right. And there's no pathway for those women.
So it was yeah. just, it, um, I felt like it was a topic that just hadn't really been addressed. The other, the other thing that um, a lot of these men don't re realize is like there are women that have for severe fertility issues. So um, if you tell a woman that, that, that her value is in her production of children and she cannot produce children, you get this um, inferiority complex where, um, where they're not, <laughs> sorry, I'm reading the comments, um, where they feel like they don't fit into society. There are also women who are great child minders, but maybe they themselves, it wouldn't be the best. Um, I've spoken to women who have genetic problems and um, it would not be wise of them to try to have children. Um, there's a woman that, I, that I'm very close with, they've adopted two children. Um, and she has, uh, she had something wrong where she, she could probably die if she were to get pregnant. It was, it's something with her heart. And, um, so they decided that instead of chancing it, um, they, and I mean, she's, she's told me the name of the disorder. I could, I could message her and find it out. Cause it's interesting to, to hear these different stories from different women, but I completely agree with you. I think that for many women, most women having a family is very important and it's very fulfilling. But exactly what you just said, to tell a woman that that is all she provides uh, to society is her baby making abilities. I don't think it's fair. Exactly. Yeah. And what you said about infertility, you know, that's especially concerning in the modern age where people are like modern people are very unhealthy for a number of yeah. reasons. And there are one in seven couples struggles with infertility. It's not always the woman's fault. A lot of times it's like, you know, maybe the man has a low sperm counter, um, whatever. But the fact is like, those are very private issues and it's not really f anyone else's place to judge. You don't know why somebody might not have children um, in, you know, <sighs> we can talk all we want about, you know, oh, women need to be aware of their biological clock. And this is something men say a lot. I don't know of any woman who's not aware of that. Yeah. You, they, you they feel it like, in your yeah. body. You do. Like, yeah. Even yeah. women who think they didn't ever want kids, they get to a certain age and they realize, oh, I want kids. Oh, I might not have much time left because we all know women who have struggled with infertility. We all know at what age our mothers were no longer able to have children. Like this is like, it, it's so patently obvious to women that we don't, I think really need to be told, hey, your time is running out because you're 30 or 35 or you know whatever age they, they choose. Um, and I would like to see more positive support for women who do want to become mothers, because obviously I support that very much. And I think that does make most women happy. Um, but I think we need a lot more compassion for women who might be struggling, who are in bad circumstances, and support people to get their lives into a place where that's achievable for them, whether it means taking charge of their health or their relationships, or whatever the case may be. And many people who struggle with infertility end up going to doctors who just make it worse and they don't know what else to do. Yeah. And there's another issue that um, that a lot of people have today, which is obesity. Um, it lowers sperm count, it lowers, uh, it causes erectile dysfunction, it causes severe issues in women. Um, yeah. And when you have people that are carrying around 30 to 50 additional pounds, uh, sorry, unhealthy pounds, I should say, um, it's, it's, not, it's not conducive to, uh, 
to family, to uh, creating a family. Another thing, um, I, I was very public about this in the past like years ago on YouTube because I, I did a few videos on it. When I was really young, when I was like between 18 and 20, I donated eggs because I wasn't sure what the future held for me. I also had had some medical concerns, so I wasn't, I don't wanna go into all the great, great details of it, but at the time I wasn't sure what my future held. Um, so I donated eggs and I got to meet two sets of couples that, um, that were receiving my eggs as their own. And in both situations, the women could not produce healthy eggs. So um, it was either they have no children at all, or they have a child with somebody who is genetically close enough to them. And um, now I've been told that I'm, that I cucked, that I'm like a science cuck, because I, um, I, I think that was like the term that more recently got used when I, when I was talking about this in the Discord server, um, because the women didn't have their own eggs, they had mine. Um, I don't know, it's, uh, I, I think that what I did was a good thing. I, I know I get dragged by certain communities, the manosphere. I don't see anything wrong with that. I do have a counterpoint though to the men uh, ragging on women about their biological clocks. I think the reason you see that is because of what we men see when we're in online dating, which I was on up until recently, up until just a few months ago. But uh, like profiles like this, where you see people who who say they're 42 years old and and eager to have kids, or or, or they say they want kids someday. You know, this uh, tweet from Question Most Things. He gathered up a bunch of profiles like this where they say, uh, you know, on here it says uh, kids want someday, right? So there's a lot of like the, these 43-year-old women who are saying they want kids and it's kind of like, do they? Do they know about their biological clocks? I mean, it's not impossible at that yeah, age, but you, if you haven't met somebody, how quick are you going to have kids with somebody? You know what I mean? Are you going to are you going to yeah. spend a year getting to know them? Like, how much time do you really have at forty? A year? Come on, a hypocrite! You're being a hypocrite now. Well, hey, I'm not saying if if it feels right, don't go for it. But you, that's like that's pretty optimistic to yeah. think you're gonna you're gonna luck out and just find somebody to perfectly have kids with in the next week. Yeah. Well, you have to consider a few things here. I mean, first of all, a lot of people say that there are things they want to do in life that they are not actually taking seriously as goals. You know, they have they have dreams, but not goals. They're not putting a plan into action to make that actually happen. So for women like that, I would my assumption is that if they had kids, they would be happy about it, but they don't want it bad enough to really chase it as a priority. Um, the other thing is that dating sites tend to attract very low quality women. And yeah. it's so a difficult, it's a, look, people used to meet their partners in very different ways. And, you know, with the breakdown of families and communities, that has become a lot harder. Instead of meeting somebody that you're a relative or a friend introduces you to, or meeting somebody at a church or a community event, what is left for people to meet somebody nobody goes out of their house to like go to social events and just meet people. Everybody's meeting people online and dating sites have become the thing now, but it's important to remember that they do attract a certain type of people and particularly a certain type of women. 
I'm in fact a lot more judgmental of women who use dating sites than men, simply because those are women who tend to be hedonistic, shallow, and selfish. They are not by far marriageable women. And I think there's a tendency to judge all women by the standard of women on dating sites. And it's not fair and it's not accurate because those are not women you would ever marry. They would not make good wives or mothers. You might occasionally find one who does, but I think they're an outlier on dating sites. So I, I agree with what you're saying, but it's also like you also said, dating sites are just kind of the way people do it now. Yeah. You know, like a lot of people, they don't know what else to do. So the guys go on there, they see those women and they they have a bad experience and they end up having like this idea that that's how women are, yeah. you know, that there's no good women out there. Or you're probably not going to find one. Um, Philosophical. One thing that, so I actually used to complain uh, a lot of the events that I go to, like social events and um, I did robotics for years. So a lot of the things that I went to is like IEEE spectrum events, you know, things that were programming related or techy, and they tended to be um, male dominated. And I never Mm. went to these with the intentions of meeting men or dating and even um, like clubs or uh, board game groups, socializing events that I went to, I never went with the intentions of dating. And what's funny is I remember I was complaining in a live stream about when you're really young, like early, early 20s, like between like 18 and 22, how it's like really hard to meet guys um, that are serious about a relationship. A lot of the guys are into hookup culture. And somebody pointed out to me is that, is that, the guys that hit on you at those events are being told go to those events to find women. So I, I realized mm. that the one thing that I kept complaining about is that I would go to these events and men would hit on me. Well, I was I was complaining about the thing that guys are supposed to be doing when I'm saying, why don't why can't I find guys? Well, I could have found guys. They were hitting on me. But in my stupid brain, I kept thinking, I don't go to these places to find men. Right. So it was, I mean, it's something I... I grew out of, I mean, it wasn't, I wasn't a, um, yeah, I wasn't single forever, but, um, I think that, I think the solution is we need to go back to like the barn dance kind of thing where we have, where we set up structured places where the intention is for people to mix and mingle with the intentions of finding a mate. We need to, so it's very explicit because I don't go to bars to meet men. I don't go to the gas station to meet men. I don't want to find my future. And I'm speaking from, you know, when I was young. Um, now I, I don't meet men, but um, I don't like the idea of everywhere you go, you're just trying to buy your groceries and there's guys hitting on you. Well, that's what they're supposed to do. That's what they're told to do. We tell, we turn around and tell incels, um, oh, why don't you just go up and talk to that girl? And then as women no, that's turn so around creepy. and say, I don't do that. <laughs> that. So this is what I'm saying, philosophy cats. So in order, so the solution, this is why I think we need to have a solution where it's very explicit that that's why people are there. And it's not a bar because I don't think people inviting alcohol is not, not to excess. I don't like the idea of meeting people in bars. Nothing um, can't do it. You're not going to find a marriageable partner hanging out at a bar or a club. I agree. But okay. I agree. Statistically, it's very low odds. There are, I do know of exceptions, 
Um, but those are exceptions to the rule. And those are exceptions. I, I might be biased because I don't drink at all and I wouldn't accept okay. somebody who did. But um, my view is that people who tend to hang out in those places, it, they're showing you how their what their priorities are in terms of spending their time and money. Yeah. And somebody who's spending their time and money on alcohol is not somebody in my mind who has a family orientation. Couldn't yeah. agree more. Yeah. I, that doesn't I mean I don't think anybody should ever drink. I know there are people who take that really personally. Like that's just a personal choice of mine. I just don't yeah. do it. I've never felt, uh, I've never felt attracted to that. And as a result, I would prefer not to hang around people who are always drunk. Um, I, I like, I have actually no experience with like really drunk people. And it was only a few months ago. Um, a friend of mine messaged me and she was drunk and she was like, cracking the sads and I'm like oh my gosh what do I do how do I talk to a drunk person (laughs) it hit me that this was the first time I'd ever had to deal with an actual drunk person I'm like oh yeah I I really don't know what to say that's not going to make this worse so maybe you should talk to me again when you're sobered up (laughs) yeah okay so philosophicat what would you recommend to people men or women who want to meet someone where how do you think they should go about it it's a hard question to answer. It really is. And I I don't want to say that there's just one way to do it. Um, not everything is going to work for everybody. It really kind of depends on your, uh, your personality and what it is that you enjoy doing, the kind of person you want to meet. But I, I do still think the best way to meet somebody is to be introduced through, you know, a mutual friend, somebody who's got both your interests at heart, who's kind of like pre-vetted the two of you. Um, failing that, um, getting involved in things in your community, things that you are passionate about. For example, maybe um, you're passionate about volunteering with the community garden and you go there and you meet somebody else who's equally passionate about gardening, you know, whatever the case may be, join a community choir, whatever. By the way, men, there are places you can go where there are like a lot more women than men and choir is one of them um singing yeah community choirs always have a shortage of men um and they will usually welcome you with open arms whether you can carry a tune or not and they do do a lot of social activities together outside of rehearsals uh, typically so that uh if you're musically inclined that is possibly a good option but also cultural organizations like maybe if you're of you know like german heritage and there's a german club in your area um, they do tend to be filled kind of with more older people, but they are really in need of younger people to come in and revitalize them as well. So it's it's a good cause either way. Um, but at the end of the day, what I think it really comes down to is shining your light brightly enough that other people can see it. Don't be hiding out in your basement. Don't be a hermit. Don't just be living online because if you are not out there doing things in the real world that are tangible, that other people can see and be excited about your vision for life, um, then nobody's going to want to join you in your journey. You have to have a journey in order for somebody to want to walk with you on it. And I think that's that's very inspiring for a lot of women is when a man has a really passionate vision for the life he wants to live. Whatever I that agree. is. Yeah. Yeah. 
because relation what are relationships based on nowadays for most people they're based off of alcohol and sex and when the novelty of that wears off what have you got left no no i'm not gonna say that come on that's black pill i'm not gonna say that most you mean is it most black people, pill no i'm just saying like relationships are based off alcohol and sex you mean in hookup culture in hookup that's culture yeah hookups. I would say sexual, and I wouldn't even say most, but I would say publicly, it seems like there's a great number of people who that's their lifestyle. Um, most relationships, if I were to just make one blanket standard like statement about it, I would say most are kind of mutual life paths, like goals, and people people want to settle down and they want to be done with, you know, partying and all of that. Yeah, um, I think of course that's not everybody, that. but yeah, they do want it, but they don't know how to find it. And, yeah. you know, the modern culture really just pushes people into hookup culture. I mean, it was never something I was a part of. So I, I will say, uh, I make the statement that um, there are probably things about like the whole uh, modern dating culture that I don't understand fully because I don't have that firsthand experience of it. Yeah. But there is like especially like we women are told like, oh, you're empowered by having lots of sex, right? Yeah, That's yeah. not empowering for women. It's such a lie. But how many women yeah. fall into the trap of that? They, they waste years of their life sleeping around and now they've invested so much of their life into it that they can't really backpedal from that without losing face and yeah. without like really having to come face to face with some, the consequences of some bad life decisions. So what do they do? They they double down. It's kind of the sunk cost fallacy. Yeah. And they don't want to face the reality of it. And, and the same is true for men as well. Um, when you've spent your life making bad choices, it's really hard to reassess that and say, I, I'm doing this wrong. I need to try a different path now, yeah. especially when the path you're on is so hedonistic and you're getting the, all that those short term rewards of the instant dopamine hits all the time. I was about to say that. Somebody mentioned in the chat, not to cut you off, somebody mentioned consumerism as a trap and I was about to say the dopamine hit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, That Same like thing. always having to chase the next little thing. The fact that so many people can't sit around and just read a book all alone in a room because we're used to screens and we're used to, we're used to clicks. We're used to um, just constantly being entertained. Yeah. I heard of a study where they, put people in a room by themselves for 15 minutes with nothing to do, but they gave them an electric shocker. And the vast majority of people preferred to give themselves electric shocks than to just sit quietly with their thoughts. I was flabbergasted by this. I would have taken a nap. I would have just sat there and like peacefully meditated and then probably wished I had more than 15 minutes. The fact that people can't <laughs> sit there for just 15 minutes without like, doing something to draw them away from their own inner world. And it's yeah, like, I would have done the same. I would have done yoga. I'd have started stretching. Yeah. I'd probably I'm shock myself, even, to be honest. It's I don't even like getting like shock yourself every day. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, but that is, that's weird. <laughs> I guess it depends how hard it is. Uh, I was saying I probably would have shocked myself because you just don't get the opportunity to do that every day. But let me ask you this, philosopher cat, because <laughs> I said it wrong, but this is a, <laughs> a debate that's been raging here on Sex Wars. Where do you stand on the hymen checking question? 
when it comes to men raising virtuous daughters, should they take them to the doctor to get their hymens checked? What? This is a thing? <laughs> There's a rapper. Uh, There's a guy who does it. Yeah. My um, opinion I, was that if it's, oh, well, yeah, I want to hear what you have to say. I just, I'm like trying to process that this is a thing. Okay, um, so <laughs> Philosophicat, he didn't just have her hymen checked by the doctor. That wasn't the part I had an issue with. Uh, it, she was 16, so she was underage. So technically, she still, you know, should be a virgin uh, legally. Um, my problem was that he told everybody on Twitter about this. And she's an no, underage, weird. she's a teenage girl who now everybody on the internet knows that her dad takes her in to get her hymen checked. That was the problem I had. Like, let her, let her, like, let her have her privacy. Yeah, I the tendency of parents to broadcast their children's lives yeah. on social media is just, to me, that kind of borders on like emotional abuse because it is, yeah. you don't have the right to do that to somebody else, whether it's your child or not, especially something that personal for crying out loud. That's like now everybody, now every potential boyfriend who Googles her name is going to, to find it. Although maybe that was the point. Maybe that's why her dad did it. Well, that's, but, that's um, going to make the situation worse, isn't it? I mean, I, I, whatever, like parent, however you want. It's not something I would do with my kids. Um, you got to trust that you've raised them, right? You've got to trust that they make good decisions and kids are going to make dumb decisions, but you know what? We all make dumb decisions in life and there are dumb decisions to make because that's how we learn. Um, I mean, obviously having sex as a teenager is not ideal, but most people don't ruin their lives by doing that. Yeah, I hear you. One, one view uh, that I think is kind of weird is, so the guys who think that women should be married super, super young, like super young, like between 18 and 23, um, I don't think that people should be having sex that young. <laughs> Maybe call me a grandma, but I really, I don't think that 22 and 23 year olds should even be sexually active. I'm sorry, I know people are gonna string me up for that one. I, I actually would agree with that. Yeah, because so their argument is that, oh, yeah. we used to do that in the past. Well, in the past, people yeah. were, they we were also different. We used to burn people <laughs> alive because we thought they were witches and Modern drown people, them. They don't have the maturity for sexuality and marriage at that point because our society delays childhood for so long. Kids are are not being taught adult skills in their teenage years because they're too busy learning about multiculturalism and how to put on a condom in school. And their parents are both working and they're absent. And so a lot of people spend their 20s and even their 30s trying to recover from their childhood and just figure out what does it mean to be an adult because they had no one to teach them. And the way to figure that out is not in a sexual relationship with somebody who is equally emotionally immature and broken. And the idea that you can just take modern people, broken and dysfunctional as they are, and drop them into a scenario that worked for people of a different age is absolutely ludicrous because we are not cut from the same cloth anymore. It's the, we the also same, live a lot longer now. Yes. So, and it's so the I think same that's part of the people who say we need to go back to the 50s where uh, women were just housewives and stayed home and had kids and fathers were the breadwinners. It's like, 
well, that would be great if we actually had the caliber of people who could pull that off. But you know what's going to happen when you drop modern people into that situation? They're going to screw it up. They don't know how to do it. They didn't have the role models for that. Um, wisdom is lost. That's something that I talk about quite a bit is the, I, I always use the term mentorship because um, back when I was a lot younger and I, and I was public on the internet, I think I talked about mentorship a lot, but it kind of, it goes into what you're saying is um, if people don't have the same tools, we can't expect them to build the same, the, have the same outcome. We can't have broken families, no fault divorce, uh, alcohol and drug use at an all time high. And by alcohol, I mean like people getting blackout drunk in public, not daddy having a, a shot of bourbon every night after dinner. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think people probably drank just as frequently in the past, but it was social and it was small amounts. Like, you know, you'd have a glass of wine. Anyway, I digress. We can't expect people to behave the same and make the same decisions when they don't have fathers. When, when there's all this social pressure, like one of the things I talk about, I know a lot of the guys in the manosphere get mad because they say women, women are now finding, um, finding themselves in their careers. That's because that's what we're being fed from a young age. I was telling Monday earlier that um, even from like age nine, 10, 11, girls are being, they say, what do you want to be when you grow up? If you say, I want to be a stay at home mommy, but don't you want to contribute to the world? Don't you want to do something with your life? Don't you want to do more? Like that's the kind of things that we tell young women. We don't encourage them to be mothers. I would love, I would love, love, love to have 50 grandkids. I would love it. In fact, I've told, uh, I've stated this publicly before, but the only reason I want to be rich is so that my children can have as many children as possible. I'll, I'll pay my daughters to have children. I'll just, I'll exactly. pay them for every kid. I mean, I'll, I'll come up with a number. Like I'll give you a hundred grand for every baby. I'll pay for everything. Because that's that's what matters to me. And that's one of the reasons why I was willing to donate my eggs as I saw it is these, these healthy, happy couples cannot have babies. Why don't I give them one thing that I know I have um, that is good? I mean, they test, they test you. Um, they don't just take out anybody's eggs and they they help pay for college and such. So so there's you know, there's financial benefits to donating. But um with nothing, nothing more. Just knowing that there's there's more progeny of me out there, and that they're going to be raised by happy, healthy families. And I know of at least two. Well, I know of four, but two of them that I've been in contact with. So, um, exactly. Yeah, and you know, modern parents don't. A lot of modern parents don't want to invest in their kids. Like the family has become very atomized. And parents are just like, oh, you turned 18, we're going to kick you out on the house, go make your own way in the world. And they're not, uh, they don't want to invest in helping their kids get set up with a household and help them stay out of debt. And so, you know, one of the biggest reasons that young couples cite for not having children is, is financial concerns. And, you know, you look at, at the generation of, of millennials, the oldest of which are now in their, kind of their mid 30s. And this is a generation of people who have never been able to have a stable career and never been able to even save money. Like they're, they're permanently renting, they're working in the so-called gig economy and they're getting no support from their, their extended family. It's hard. And I, I think, you know, as much as people need to have more kids, you know, there are so many reasons why people don't have them. And I think a little bit less judgment and a little more compassion would go a long way toward supporting people to actually have, uh, actually have children. I mean, 
I had uh, for a time, I had a, a house that was standing empty and I told my friend to take his wife and move into it and live there rent free for a couple of years, which they did. And they now have two beautiful children. Um, and could they, have, could they have done that if they'd been trying to uh, pay rent while saving up for a house? You know, they've since bought their own house and everything, but um, it was nice to help them get a start in life. And that's something a lot of people don't have. We all just graduate with a bunch of student debt into an economy where we can't get jobs. And then we're just like living hand to mouth. It's it's not the same as what it used to be for our parents. Yeah. Um, one one thing that I think would be good is especially for women, because men men telling women that they should have babies isn't usually well received. Um, just you like have women. Babies, okay. <laughs> I will have most women want babies, though, and most women yeah. do eventually yeah. become mothers. Yeah, but so I it's think a, it's one a bit thing of a point. Women like you and I, who who think it's a very rewarding thing for women to have children, um, and to raise them correctly, not just birth them, is to support them. Like I have a friend; she's 28, she's engaged, um, she wants at least three, and I keep telling her, like, if you need any help at all, I'm like, if you need you need help with a baby shower. If you need help, whatever it is you need, please. Like, I want to be a support for her. I have another friend who, um, who's getting married in the next year, in I think April or May. The exact same thing. She wants at least two. And I think that women like you and I, who see that being a mother is valuable, we need to voice that. Because these women are getting hundreds and hundreds of messages a day, like from all over telling them um, things like, don't be a mom. You can you can have so much more if you can go travel every year. You can you know you can afford this. If you don't have children, you can. It's so freeing to not have children. And they they talk about the um, the depression studies a which I think those are all skewed. I I don't believe them. I can't imagine that women that don't have children uh, are more depressed. That doesn't even make sense um, because your your body hasn't gone through its natural process. Well, a lot of women have kids, they split up with the man and then they're single moms, which is probably hard, right? Yeah. Even if yeah. I don't respect them, I appreciate that it's a difficult situation. And then, you know, so and that's what people, when people say you need to have kids, they don't mean have a kid at 18 with somebody you don't know and you're gonna not going to stay with, right? Yeah. Uh, sh should we greet our new guest? We got Halsey, yes, Halsey. Halsey in the chat. How's it going, man? Oh, can't complain. Better than I deserve. How are you guys doing? Yeah, good. Good. Excellent. Um, excellent. What's the topic of conversation? Having babies? Yes. <laughs> and uh, Halsey, you have five, four, you have four, five daughters? Five. Five children. Five daughters. Okay, five and three are daughters. Three daughters, two sons. So that's what Halsey oh, and wow. I have actually talked about quite a bit. Uh, he and I have been Twitter DMing, and he's been telling me about his daughters and stuff like that. And you were just yeah. saying before, like like people wanting to grow up to be mothers. Like if you talk to any of my three daughters, one's 10, one's nine, and one's seven, they'll say, oh, I want to be a veterinarian when I grow up. But they'll start talking about how that will relate to them having kids. Yeah. Like they they all first and foremost want to be mothers. Like that's that's, they consider it their highest calling. And they talk about how will my career benefit my children, which they probably, I mean, it's all they want to be unicorns and whatever too, but I'm saying like being parents is already ingrained in their heads. Yeah. 
And I think we've lost that. I think as a society, we've completely lost that. I, I used to have a partner that that she she said she was a single mother. And she said if she gets a job at Starbucks and makes just enough money to pay for her kid's daycare, right, she's a hero. But if she doesn't take the job at Starbucks and raises her kid herself, she's a leech. You know, and hmm. and this the, it it's, it really says something about our society that that's true. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's we need to come up with a long list. Well, I, kinda, I need to start a I mean, I have issues with people it. who who with like any kind of single parent. And I know I'm a hypocrite when I say this because I'm I have a kid and I'm not with the mother anymore. But I I just think that it's it should be like looked down on in almost any circumstance other than some kind of tragic death of one of the parents, you know what I mean? Single parenthood well, should be looked at as a tragedy. It happens, yeah. like people get cancer. People, you know, die in car accidents and it's a tragedy. It doesn't mean yeah, that it's it a tragedy, happen. but people have kids and then break up and that's choices. And But that's my point, that's choices. a tragedy. No, yeah. those are bad decisions. Those are, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not the same. There, there's also, there's something to be said. Okay, like, uh, for example, I have had too much to drink in the past and then driven a vehicle. Now, am I going to come on here and say it's not that bad to drink and drive? Hell no. It's horrible to drink and drive. What I did was absolutely horrible. Would I do it again? No. Um, but I think that you can say, you can say, um, look, I've done this horrible thing or I've been part of this behavior in the past and turn from it. Um, I don't, I don't think that you're a hypocrite LP just because you've done that. And because like me, I'm not a hypocrite. I can't, you can't tell me that I should say drinking and driving is okay because I've drink, drunk, drank and drive, drove, sorry, I'm trying to conjugate. Well, I, I've drank and drove. In a glass house or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. You know, I know people are going to say, oh, you can't talk, but I, I'm just saying like. Um, I think that you can. I think that you can renounce things that you've done in the past. I think that I think that it's okay sure. to say, you know what, I've done this bad thing. I don't agree with my own behavior, but I don't think this is good for society. And why I think and that does talk? not you're make you better, You're in a better position to talk than most. Yep. Because you can say, I'm a single parent. It is fucking just really hard. Yeah. You know, like it it, it it does this damage. It does that damage. It, it causes problems for me and my ex or like whatever it is. Like you're more qualified to talk about single parenthood than someone who's never experienced it. Yeah, I just do it like a dick. Like I say that it like the people piss me off. So <laughs> but I, I stand by that. Like I, I don't I want people to be shamed for being in that position, basically. I want to shame like that out of society. That's my approach to it. What do you think? But about as that, I said, because you see the negative side of it. Of course, of course you want it. You people who used to use drugs and don't anymore are the most ardent people telling people not to use drugs. Yeah. How it destroys your, your whole life. Um, okay, so LP, we're not going to agree on this. I think that as opposed to the shaming, the heaping shame after the fact. Oh, you talked about this with Millennial Woes, and I was in the yeah. chat being like, <laughs> shame is the way. Yeah. 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 Um, the uh, heaping shame after the fact, I don't think is the solution. We need to figure out how to encourage, especially with women. Women are exactly. women are rebels. We like to you tell us that we look that we look ugly in a dress and we're oh, keep don't give it. me that shit. Women are the most social conformist of the two sexes. And with when one you shame another, somebody, with one another. You're, you're doing it just as much for everybody else's benefit as you are yeah. for that person. You're letting everybody else know 
don't be this person. Women are going to shame you. you. More, I think cause... the makeup industry is worth what seventeen billion dollars a yeah. year. Yeah, yeah, that's real rebellious to try to look like everyone else in front of everyone else at all times. Like, I don't you know, know if I'd say rebellious, but I do kind of agree with Monica. Of course you do. It just well, <laughs> we blonde girls have to stick together. You have an IQ. <laughs> Sisters before misters. <laughs> um, but I, I do agree that. Bros. I don't think shaming works as well with women, um, particularly the way that it's done on the right, because what I tend to see is men trying to shame women using very aggressive male language that might work fine with another man, but to women comes off as very hostile um, and we're not receptive to it at all. It, like, it just hurts our feelings. It doesn't motivate us to want to change. It um, does work on broken women. So these men who are heaping can, shame, yeah. uh, these men who are heaping shame on women and saying, well, when I shame a woman, it works. It works on broken women. It doesn't I would work. Say yes. And it tends to be women who have this kind of like unhealthy relationship with like their inner animus where they're, um, maybe they're overly masculinized themselves. And in many, for many women, that's even the cause of their brokenness. And so the women that it works on is actually just like feeding into their dysfunction in a way. But when women shame each other, we do it in a much different way. And we tend to do it in a more private setting. Um, we certainly don't use the same kind of language that men use with each other. And so for men to say, oh, well, we need to shame women to be like this. It's like, no, 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 no. Because you can sit there and like call a woman a slut or something. And these like liberal leftist women are just going to be like, I'm so empowered. You're just like, that's where the rebel thing is coming from that. I think Annika was referring to that's when you will see it. Um, but if you're calling a woman like on our own side, especially if you're like getting on her case about like not being married or not having kids, or she, maybe she slept around too much in her youth, but she's changed now. Like, what good does that do? She, now she just feels bad about herself. She feels worthless. And when women feel worthless and bad about themselves, then they start making bad choices. Yeah, but I say again, Especially you're, you're, you're signaling it to all the other I'm a, women, right? I'm if you, replacing if you, a woman gets you. dogpiled on Twitter for being a slut or whatever, you know, I, I, could, I was just thought of an example, but I'm not going to say it. I don't want to name somebody, but they, uh, if, if people dogpile and say, oh, this is, you know, thought, blah, 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 whatever, other women are going to say, well, I don't want that to happen to me. I, I understand this is a very negative thing, and I'm no, not saying I, we band it, together. It, it takes a village, and so there's like, you know, there's different like things that work for different people, and how some people respond to that is not going to be good. But for some people, that's what it takes. Like for some people, the fat shaming is going to get to a point, and even some women where they're going to say, "Fuck it, I'm going to lose the weight." You know what I mean? But for other people, like yeah, they're just going to break down because they're too weak or whatever. But you, you know, you you need other people who are nice to to be the good cops, and then you need some people to be the bad cops. That's what I think. How about we just go to a system where people aren't given rights and privileges that they haven't earned? If 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 women <laughs> want to vote, they should be net taxpayers, and this is what my co-host says all the time. It's I'm not saying women, women should. I'm not saying all you, women shouldn't vote. You should be a landowner in the game. Without skin in the game, how can you expect public shaming to work or anything like that? 
something like political participation or or anything like that is something you earn. It's not something that you're given. You don't. You're not born with it. So if if a woman is acting the fool and not and not doing what she needs to do to earn her right to vote, then she shouldn't have it. And I'm not saying she has to make a baby in order to do it. But if if a woman decides that career and public life is is her thing, then fine. Then they don't need to be shamed one way or the other because they've done their thing to do that part of society. But just saying I have a vagina, therefore I should be given the right to vote is lunacy. Yeah. Um, I cut you off a couple of times there, Halsey. I was getting all amped up, That's but okay. um, <laughs> no, I was cutting in. Um, women can vote when they're married to a male. <laughs> How about that? And That's then they my another, no. Now you've got my thing. Another vote. I say that that vote should always be given really? to a family. Huh. That- I'm going to kick LP off of sex wars, and I'm going to have philosophic cat and Halsey as my co. <laughs> no, but that's what I say. I say that a vote should be given to a family. Yeah. And one, I, yeah. one vote per family. And a child is considered a child until they have their own family. So mm-hmm. if women want to be the one who votes out of the family and the guy's a cuck and says, sure, knock yourself out, that's up to the family. But it should not be that you're pitting mother, wife against husband over politics, which is ridiculously stupid. Yeah. Yeah, well, you're well, okay. Uh, hey, so somebody said something in the chat that I think is a good point, which is that uh, the internet gives women a way to overdose on attention. And I think that's part of the reason with the dating and relationships market right now is that women can get all the dopamine that they want off of just their Instagrams and that they don't need to actually have uh, you know, a committed relationship that takes work when they can spend that work doing their makeup and picking out a nice outfit and going to a nice location for a photo shoot and have like thousands of guys being like, Oh, you're so hot. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. In context, you realize less than like 0.0001% of women are sexy enough to even pull that off. I heard that. I, I, heard goes well, I mean, with Photoshop and you got like the face no, app and, and like this and that, you know, things. the filters. I don't know how it works. Man. I, I agree that women can do that. But I a lot of times when guys say this and even and I see ugly chicks getting a lot of attention on the Internet, if I'm being honest, I heard they're not, they're not, might not have 20,000 followers, but they get a, they got they got some orbiters. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They got well, enough. I think, I think you're pinpointing <laughs> something that is inherent to a lot of modern women, whether they have Instagram or not. And that is this narcissistic cult of the self that women tend to cultivate. Um, when they don't have a man who is a stable force in their life, who puts limits to their natural restlessness, they direct their te- their energy into like self-worship. And then that's when they go around and start collecting beta orbiters to worship at their altar of how beautiful they think they are. Yeah. Um, and it's, ju- it's just a really degenerated and degraded form of femininity. It's like women who have uh, men in their lives who are worth orienting around, they don't do that. It's always yeah. the women who are... They, they lack a good um, husband. They, they don't have children. They did not have a, a good father in their life. Um, they, they don't have God in their life or whatever the case may be. They are uh, left being self-serving. And it's just like, look at me, look at me. And it's, it is that dopamine hit. Seriously, it's like, where, where have you been all my life? Like, this is the kind of shit that we talk about. Like, who are you? 
Um, I'm Kat. Hi. <laughs> Hi. No, okay. well, yeah. I'm kind of a hermit. Kat's I don't dope. leave my she house is. that much. <laughs> really on point. Well, I heard that Annika only goes on the internet for attention. I just heard that. Yes. Read. Yes. Um, yeah. And I'm low IQ. Did you catch that part? Yeah, you're using the manosphere. You've infiltrated the manosphere, Annika, yeah. so that you can propel yeah. yourself forward. Yes. <laughs> I am. Yeah. Uh, so one one thing that I do want to note is, uh, and they did. I have. I really. I have to find it. So remind me because I'll show it on the next Sex Wars. They did a thing about the breakdown of followers on. I believe it was Instagram and a couple of other one of these like Snapchats and TikToks. Um, and they said that females, the it, like the popular females, have a, more than fifty percent of their followers are often also female. Males have mostly all males. So just that number alone, if you think about it, women don't want to follow men unless the men are either really, really interesting, maybe attractive, but even with that, eh. um, but a lot of the influencers that are female have followers from both male and female. The influencers that are male, a lot of them have more male content, like comedy and such. Um, they usually don't have very many female followers. Unless you're like a Chris Pratt or something, then you have everybody. Um, but anyway, that was just one little thing I wanted to note because we try to be, we try to give all sides, but um, not that that explains all of it. I know the majority of these women are getting, uh, are getting um, their validation from men. Um, but I see women, if you go on Instagram, a lot of these top Instagram models, if you click on them and you read the comments, shitloads of chicks. Like, so this isn't, they're not, they're not getting all males following them. They're getting other girls that want to be like them. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing though. Compliment is a compliment is a compliment yeah. at the end of the day. And I, you know, I'm assuming they're just trying to like get a back and forth going for this, yeah. like, you know, uh, exchange of dopamine and uh sharing makeup tits tips and shit like that tits. right makeup tits. 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 Freudian slip <laughs> tits or it didn't happen hey uh do you guys want to watch a quick video i have a 90 second video here to show you guys and see what you think about as long this. as you can get audio working boomer yeah i know i got it i got it uh all right here we go I'm Harvey Campos. I came from the Philippines. I'm an MPA student last year. I just flew in today from the Philippines. First, I'd like to have an advanced birthday greeting. Your birthday will be on the 16th of September. It'll be your round 88th of applause year. for the happy birthday to Mr. Lee. Thank you. I also want to thank you for the, the scholarship grant you've given me and some of my Filipino students who've been here for the past years. I'd like to say that there was an old adage that says, uh, behind every successful man is a woman. And uh, your wife passed away last year while I was here studying. And I'm just interested to, to see and to hear from you how supportive your wife was and in terms of her values and principles, how has she supported you in your career as a leader and how has no. her values and... I'm not here to let my hair down about my family matters. I'm here to discuss public matters. Yes, I just want to talk about the values and no, the no, principles. No. I've said my wife and I are matters which I keep within the family, not go public on. Full stop. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much. 
just say a question in the corner there. Please. Can you stand up? Good, Good for man. him. What do you guys think about that? I, I agree with that. I think Good in the past, him. I've disclosed way too much about my private life. Back, back before I was, back before my numbers jumped up. And I think at the time, I didn't realize that um, if you say things on the internet, they stay. And so even if you only have five followers, eventually when you have five, you know. So I had disclosed way more than I felt comfortable with millions of people knowing. And so I definitely 100%, I 100% agree with that. I think that people would be better to not publicly discuss their, uh, their private, you keep something sacred. Yeah, that's what I like about it. He's like, he's like kind of acting like that. You get the idea that there's sort of a sanctity in, in the guy. And the, his wife just died too, which is kind of like, yeah. Yep. And, and also just like putting all that aside, the guy asking the question, you could tell was just kind of trying to create like a schmaltzy moment. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's almost like, what, what are you going to say? Well, now my wife was a bitch. She didn't help me at all. She, if she was like a leech, she dragged me down. Like, you know, you kind of know the stock answer you're going to get when you ask that question. So I just like that the guy was just like, no, nah, I'm, I'm not yeah. going to talk about that. Okay, uh, so you're going to debate <laughs> Eric Stryker or what, Halsey? He, he's afraid of me. He won't. He won't do it. Oh shit! I've, I've I've called him out 500 times. He blocks me on every Call social media. He, he's a he's a manly pussy. Like, <laughs> LP, like, get him on. Hmm? Good luck. I, I don't know. Him. I don't know him. I think I like. You don't want to know one, him one video you that he channel in, With, that Real he debated, quick, but is, I don't. did he used to be a hardcore atheist like back? Like back no in like 2009 or before, because the name sounds really familiar. There was a guy I used to, I used to interact with. It wasn't positive or negative. Is I, th I thought his name was Eric Stryker. No, he's a guy from the uh, the alt right who is quite. A, he, as I said, he's a little manlit, and he, he I've offered to debate him a hundred times. He says no, and he blocks me from any kind of social media that I'm on. Says I'm a Mossad agent. Well, there um, you have it. Mm -hmm. And just a little side note on Eric Stryker. He gets his name. The only other place that Eric Stryker existed was it was a gay porn star who died of AIDS. That's where he gets his name from. So great, great, great pseudonym, buddy. Well, now I'm embarrassed to say I recognize the name. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so let's see I got another story I got some other stories lined up we can look at here uh this one is a little bit older not too much but I was kind of sitting on it because we just didn't have a chance to talk about it but this is in the BBC Barack Obama saying that all leaders should be women Don't everybody uh, talk at once. Yeah. Oh, I, I thought it was, was a video. No, 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 sorry. It's not a video, this one. This is just an article. Uh, he said that women are indisputably better than men and that most of the problems in the world come from men in power and that if, uh, what does he say? So is he talking about himself as one of the men that causes problems or is he talking about himself as a woman who's a great leader? I can't figure this out. Number one, well, he wants his wife to run. So this is why he's coming out in favor yeah. of, of women. Secondly, yeah, was, 
he's just wrong. So if he's objectively wrong, it doesn't matter what he says. He's just wrong. You yes. don't think that if every country was run by women, you would see a significant improvement across the board on just about everything, living standards and outcomes? Look at the no, EU. Speaking, women have started more wars. Look at Germany. Enough said. Um, yeah, no, I mean, there, there are places where women are really good. I think um, child rearing, um, especially when they're really young, I think women tend to do much better with the, um, the I mean, you guys don't have to agree with me on this, but I think that women tend to have a lot more um, patience with really young children, um, you know, up to like age five or six. I think men, men do better uh, when the kids are old enough to, you know, speak in complete sentences and give their opinions. But I think there are some cases where women can be good leaders, even though they are outliers. Um, but I do think part of the problem that we see with a lot of these um, female leaders today is that they are extremely masculinized women who are cut off from their own femininity. And in attempting to be pseudo men, they really just make a mess of it. They're, they're almost like caricatures of men. They think they need to be really loud and aggressive. Um, and, and they just end up coming across as bitches. And, you know, if I look at somebody like, I, I don't agree with all her policies or anything, but Tulsi Gabbard as a person, I quite like, she seems like a very classy person. She seems like she probably has some leadership abilities, maybe not to be like president of the, uh, of the United States or anything like that. But because she seems comfortable in her own femininity, she's very diplomatic. Um, she, she's civil. Like that's the kind of quality that you want to see in a female leader, not somebody who's like this shrill harpy like Hillary Clinton. Uh, and we had Democratic presidential candidate Andrew Yang saying the same thing here too. Oh my God, this ad, get ready. <laughs> it's huge. Uh, he said, Andrew, this is Andrew Yang. If you leave men alone too long, we become morons. And then he says more women should be in charge. I think that, I mean, obviously it's like pandering, but it's also sort of, um, what, what what's the term? Like, uh, like, it's like the way that you would talk to children. You know what I mean? When you're like, oh, you can do anything. Patronizing. You should, yeah, yeah patronizing. Very patronizing. That's, it. That's the one I was looking for, right? It's, it's yeah. like patronizing. He's not wrong, though. To you patronize mean, like when they make, yeah, yeah, when they make women. Yeah. I agree, but no, I'm saying he—he's biologically he's not wrong. Testosterone is a use it or lose it thing. If if you're just sitting around idle as a man for too oh, long, okay. it's like taking crystal meth to watch a movie. Like you know, it's it, testosterone will will start to a drain from your body and stop being produced if you're not actually going out there and doing physically like aggressive behaviors. Like it will happen that testosterone will leave your body. Men you that, that just sit around and don't do shit become complete slobs. You realize you can you can uh, increase your testosterone through diet and exercise. You don't need to like beat people up. I wasn't talking about beating people up. I was just oh, talking okay. about aggression. <laughs> I thought you were making aggression it sound doesn't like have, have to be aggressive. Okay, sorry, sorry. You mean like just physical physical action? I thought you meant like beating people up. No, 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 no. Um, I, I'm just saying that that testosterone, as I said, is is a use it or lose it hormone. It's your body will overcompensate for the fact that you're not using the testosterone that it's creating and create less of it. So the more you sit around and don't do shit, the more you're just going to like fall into laziness, slobbery, and 
you know, just wanting to sit around like, you know, with your chicken tendies all day, like that, that will happen. It's biologically proven. Funny enough, the, the same biology proves what you guys were saying about women with, with child rearing is that a woman's biology is geared towards that. Like a man hears a baby crying, like he'll, his first thought is, would someone shut that baby up? When a woman hears a baby crying, it stimulates all kinds of hormones. It, it, if, if she's nursing, it makes her breast produce milk. Like it, it creates a, a biological imperative to feed the child and to, to take care of it, even though your body should be telling you, wow, that's really obnoxious. And then when you do accomplish it, a, a woman's body is flooded with dopamine, which is a, a biochemical reward for just doing something that's against your kind of first instinct to do. That's why men are really, really shitty with infants. I don't know about that. I think I'm pretty good. I think you're you got- good, probably, but you don't have a biological imperative to it. Like, you know that you should change a baby's diaper because a baby sitting in its own shit is disgusting. Yeah. But at the same time, you're looking at that diaper like, oh, that's disgusting. I really don't want to do this. Like, a, a woman's body is telling her to actually do it. A, a woman's yeah. body will feel reward from doing it, whereas a man's will not. Yeah. Fair enough. In fact, uh, women, a lot of times, while well, I did pregnant or shortly after having a baby, will become, um, will have nightmares and such. Um, of not just um, the father hurting the baby, but of themselves hurting the baby. And I've talked to um, like uh, obstetricians about this um, because I know a lot of women will talk about it online. And uh, one doctor was telling me that it's your brain's way of protecting the child, even against yourself. Because women will say, I don't know what's wrong with me. I keep having these nightmares that my husband wants to kill the baby and he would never harm my baby. But it's it's a woman, men don't have those nightmares. That's what women have because the woman needs to protect that baby because it comes from her body. And in in history, women wore their babies even after giving birth, they, they swaddled them on their own bodies. Um, we don't really do that anymore because, well, some women do, but we have you know swaddling techniques. Men hold babies like a football. I don't know if you've noticed. If you ever see dads <laughs> in the mall? They're always like, ah. I do think that that tendency of, of mothers to worry like that, it does create, new mothers are kind of known for like infant guarding. And a lot of them don't even want the father to like touch the baby and he never gets they any time with it. And so as a result, I think a lot of new fathers don't feel confident with the baby just because they don't get a lot of chance to interact with it because the mother's just like, no, mine. Yeah. Well, an interesting side note to what Annika said, men have the same problem. They don't dream of them or their wives hurting the baby. They dream of the baby getting hurt from the outside, which is which is a stimulus to a male's brain to defend the baby or defend the house or defend the town or whatever it may be. It's 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 a um, a relic, a, a relic of evolution where wow, they that's so that sweet. When I, when I had, when my kid was a baby, I was always like terrified of SIDS. Like I had like this irrational fear that I was like, if I slept in the same bed with her, that I was going to like roll over on her and crush her. And I was like, so like, like so paranoid about stuff like that. I would wake up and be like, oh God, did I kill the baby? (laughs) It's because the media would sensationalize those stories. I mean, hundreds of years ago, families co-slept that sleep as a family, especially, you know, because they didn't have huge homes, um, but they would all sleep in the same bed. 
which I think is kind of weird because it's like, well, how do you keep having babies if your baby's right there? And I've heard, I think that it was the Native Americans would actually, um, um, would, uh, sorry, I started reading, um, that the Native Americans would um, co-sleep as a family and the parents would do the, the deed with the children right there. Like that was normal. It was, I was reading it in like some book. Yeah, they'll throw your ass in prison for that shit now. Yeah, well, I don't know. It's like Mac it's, that's what McAfee was talking about. Banging yeah, in front of your kids. Yeah, I. Mm, so the, the interesting side note on McAfee. So remember when he was on here, and I got him to clarify that um, that if he were to run, or that if he were to become a president, he would run on the platform of anal sex. About yeah. a week later, he put out a video on Twitter saying that he's running with the platform of anal sex. I know. I, I, have I control. I don't want. I don't want to force philosophic cat to watch it. She's she's I, too pure I, for this. I kind wondered, of hey, that came <laughs> up in my feed, and I didn't watch it, and I had to unfollow and mute him because I didn't want to see it. I can't. I just. I can't do it. Yeah. Everybody he, admit that Annika. If he becomes our president, Annika is the reason why he's running on his platform. I yeah. got see that. And this is how women ruin countries. <laughs> okay, fair, fair enough. <laughs> but I'm not going to be president. So. Okay, I do have a video we can watch that I think is really funny. I think. Let, let's check this out because this should be a nice change of pace. And I haven't, um, I haven't actually watched this yet myself. But... It's the greatest show on earth, which is 90 Day Fiance. Oh my God. And, don't even start with me about that. I so just discovered this recently. <laughs> and I did a show called Coming Out of the Closet where I admitted to my audience that I watched this show. It is literally like watching a 10 car pileup every five minutes. It is no spoilers. Yeah. I haven't yeah. seen it. Okay. okay. Let, let's watch this yeah. clip and let's it'll give you an idea of what's I don't watch on. TV, so this is all new to me. No, no, no. You can get I it on. I don't either, except this show. Yeah. I hope <laughs> this is rated G. It is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's on, this, is on, this video is on YouTube, so it should be fine. Yeah. There's no sound. Oh, no. Oh, no. See, Boomer? That's what I, did I was it. saying. I did it again. One sec. Hey, Talk now, Boomer yourselves. is a slur. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm being ageist. You'll, you'll get the channel kicked off of YouTube for that. Oh, I forgot about that, the new terms of service. <laughs> well, I, um, I'm not going to be brandishing my firearm anytime soon. I actually thought about doing that to be funny once, and then I think I read through the terms of service, and I could get us kicked. I would lose my concealed carry if I did it. Oh, really? For mm -hmm. even just showing it online? I can't even show a picture. Hmm. Why? What state? Is it the weird. military thing? Really? Oh, weird. wow. Oh, my God. I have so many photos of me shooting guns. I have a video of me on Instagram shooting a Tommy gun, a fully automatic. Nice. I, yeah. I had no idea that you couldn't do that. Well, I did. I paid. It was very expensive. I rented it. But. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, uh, take take two. Let's try this again. So I thought it would be best to go to a mediator to sit down with the two of us and 
help educate Juliana on what this really means for her. So you're here to consult me as a mediator. Yeah, I have two children. Uh, I have business interests. And uh, we just would rather go into this to be as prepared for the worst case scenario. Mediation is a great way to try and bring out what is most important to each party. And it balances out uh, any... Okay, I'm just going to pause it for a sec so we don't lose our audio on the stream for playing uh, copyrighted content. But um, what is what is a mediator? I guess she's explaining it right now, but this is like for doing a prenup, basically, or yeah, I mean they do it in they do it in like lawsuits or doing you know the civil. Well, civil I know what a mediator is for like stuff like that, like an arbitration yeah. or whatever. But this is well, for usually it's like married, when right? you're. Well, a lot of times a mediator is for when you're getting divorced and you're trying to come up with a settlement that doesn't involve lawyers. Right. But I suppose you could use it for a prenup as well. I think this might be for a prenup. I don't know. We'll have to keep watching. Okay. I, I think yeah. we've we've fulfilled our fair use obligation here. So imbalance of, of power and um, decision making. So why don't we start with you since you Sure. Probably have the children, things like that. Mm -hmm. What's going on? What do you do? What, what, what is your? I'm self-employed. Okay. With uh, uh, got a few different wine companies. And of course, you've got um, tax returns that show pretty good stream of income yeah. or solid stream of mm -hmm. income. What happens during the marriage? Are you going to have like a joint account? Are you going to keep things separate? Or you oh, yeah. keep all your assets just in, in your name? Or what yeah. are you going to do? Yeah. So it's going to be totally what we call separate property? Yeah. Um, let's talk about you. Uh, what do you do for a living? Model. A model? What kind of model? A fashion model. And have you told uh, Mike basically what your income has been for the past couple of years? I, I basically don't. No, no, I want her to ask. Oh, yeah, sorry. This, this is her, her time. Thank no. you. <laughs> no, you never told him? I stopped working a few months ago, so. Okay. Wait, is that it? Oh, I thought there was going to be more than that. I thought she was going to, somebody told me that she freaks out. That was very disappointing. That might have like been I the wrong clip. That was, that was depressing. I hope we don't get the channel kicked <laughs> over that. That way, you got, you got Rick rolled. <laughs> yeah, I did. Somebody was like, this clip is so good. Uh, I, I think, I think, yeah, probably she gets upset in that episode, but maybe I have the wrong model? or something. Yeah, yeah, I recognize her. Anyway, that show is really funny. There's like a lot of gold diggers and then guys trying to protect their money. That's basically the premise of the show. It's pretty yeah. dope. But they're all, everybody who's on that show is out of their minds nuts. Yep. Yep. I, I have a problem with shows like that because the more people watch it, the more it gets normalized for them. Oh, uh, no, no, and no, it's the like, opposite. It's like we, we, it, no, really, Philosophicat, no, it's the opposite. The way that they, the way that, sorry, not to cut you off, but like the way that they show that whole thing, it makes you never want to marry somebody from a foreign country. Yeah, it's like autism, the show. 
Yeah, you're it, like it's not even the fact that it's like crazy. from a foreign country, but it's just kind of normalizing the fact that this is how men and women behave. This is what relationships are like, and people internalize that whether they know it or not. And so it's oh, okay. it's not even about like it being a marriage from a foreign country. People just will say that's what a marriage is like. That's what they internalize. It's like it's so anti-marriage and anti-family and then it's also just kind of like promoting that sort of like gold digger or protect my money sort of behavior as normal when you know that's not really what a marriage should be about yeah you mean it's highlighting this is the, this the is why i don't have tv i can't i can't okay. deal with it <laughs> so what you're saying philosophical is that you think it's focusing on negative things that happen in marriages and making it as though those always happen um, yeah, it's, it's, it's like reinforcing this stereotype that, oh, women are gold diggers or men are just going to hoard their money and not, you know, uh, take care of the woman. It's just, it, it gives people a really negative view of what marriage is about. And the actual details of each particular circumstance don't matter because when you see it on repetition all the time in a number of different mediums, it's not just that show, but, you know, in sitcoms or any other media then that's the message you're internalizing about marriage. And it's no wonder that so many modern men would be like, I don't want to get married. All women are gold diggers because that's what they're seeing of women yeah, between, between the ones on dating sites and what they see on TV. It's, it warps their narrative. Yeah, I agree with you. Sorry. I'm just messaging LP to make sure he's so <laughs> Yeah. I noticed we lost our host. <laughs> he fell out and I don't, I wouldn't even know. I could leave the studio and that's about it. Hopefully he's still around. If not, let's get, let's get philosophic cat drunk. <laughs> no, no. I don't either. My, my, my wife like showed me this show once, like for a minute, she's like, you've got to see this. And yeah. like, literally I start my Sunday shows late now because I, I just have to watch. Like it, it's yeah. that much of a train wreck. Yeah. I've seen, I, I don't remember which season I watched. There was another show that I watched and it was um, it was about couples getting back together um, where what they do is they've broken up like years before and they're trying to give it a second chance. It was on Netflix. Um, and I watched that one and that one actually wasn't a complete train wreck. It was just normal people that used to date. They go through why they split up. Sometimes it's a stupid reason. Oh, there you go, LP. Uh, but that one is probably a lot more positive. I think it's a lot more realistic as well. Because it talks about like why these people split up. It wasn't necessarily a bad, they were never traumatic endings. They weren't like somebody cheated or whatever. It was usually, I think maybe one of those situations someone had cheated or whatever. But um, it was it was cool because it felt a lot more realistic and like, okay, I can see, you know, and and the fact that they're trying to give it a second chance because they're the one that got away. I just felt like it was a better show. Mm -hmm. 90 day fiance i i seriously i was in i was like live live watching whatever you call it on instagram and i was doing little videos and i just had to give up i was like this is depressing i thought i was going to be getting drunk watching a train wreck and laughing and i was like this is sad these are people's lives falling apart so once but. you kind of see through the programming that underlies it and how subversive it is it's hard to enjoy it as entertainment anymore yeah like i just pretty much like the only movies I can enjoy anymore are like kids movies. And even that is kind of like a lot of them are still pretty bad. Although I have to say, I really enjoyed frozen too. <laughs> <laughs> can I ask you something? 
Uh, Philosophicat, have you ever watched my Can't Stop Progress series? I have. My partner in crime, George, is a big fan of your show. And as Aww. soon as it comes out on Monday, he is sending me a message being like, watch this timestamp, watch this timestamp. And I have to say, I I think it's a good idea what you do, but it's hard for me to watch it because just to watch so much um, degeneracy and so, so many people behaving in this very low vibe way, I just... I don't know. It infiltrates my psyche and it just, I, I don't like it. it. It's very uncomfortable for me to watch, but it's a really useful thing to be able to share with other people and have it like all compiled and be like, you think modernity's not that bad? Look at this. And he's got an episode just like it every week. There's no shortage of content. Yeah. I was just wondering what you would, cause people have made the same, I don't get it a lot, but I have heard it where people say, well, you're just normalizing this stuff. You're desensitizing people. And that, and I can understand where they're coming from. I am desensitized because I sit, I sift through it every yeah, week. You, you know what it. I mean? So it doesn't really, not much shocks me anymore. So, but I, at the same time, like, it's like you said, I think there's, there's some, I like to think there's some use to it. So I don't know. I wasn't trying to make it all about me. I was just curious if you would, uh, I don't, well, I, I do think there is use to it. I can understand people saying, oh, yeah, it desensitizes people. And I'm I'm not surprised that you are. I, I couldn't sift through it. I mean, I watch a couple minutes of it and I just feel like I want to cry because I'm a wuss. But um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just it, you don't you can go anywhere in the modern world and see that stuff in real life. So seeing it all compiled into one thing in a video I don't know that it's like that damaging to people necessarily. Maybe it just is to me because I'm a bit of a hermit and I do try very carefully to like cultivate like what I'm allowing into my my viewing space on a day-to-day -day, uh, basis. I mean, I'm, I'm very careful with the content I consume. Um, I'm very careful with the places that I go and the people I hang out with just because I feel like it's a net negative for my own well-being. But there are people who need to see that because they don't they don't understand the reality of it. And so it is really useful to be able to have that. And obviously your channel is very popular. So uh, people are obviously, you know, getting some value from it. Maybe once so, a like month. Like keep doing it is what I say. <laughs> Maybe All once right. a month. We, we got the go ahead, lads. Okay. <laughs> LP, so ever yeah. so often, maybe you could do a We Can't Stop Progress, uh, sim similar to what you do with that, but do it with um, all positive things. A white pill? People yes. said that yeah. too. And yeah, it's like people, people like, getting married, people having babies, people loving each like other. People rescuing puppies from floods and, and yeah. just, you know, Soldiers random acts of kindness. Their, I, you know, I think yeah. if, you, yes. if yes. you search... Puppies and their uh, military uh, fathers. I think <laughs> they have stuff like that on YouTube. It's if you search like faith in humanity restored, I think there's people who are that's a, almost like a genre already of people who do like the white pill compilations. So, you know, I, I think it's a, a good idea. I just don't think it's for me. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're too desensitized to not, black pills now. Not my specialty. It's not my area of expertise. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I do go more for the feel good stuff just because there's so much in the world that makes me feel bad already. Well, see, I like to try to end the videos with a criminal getting shot. 
So that's me ending on a positive note. A positive note. Uh, yeah, ex exactly. See, exactly. part of the reason I struggle to watch it is because a lot of the clips are really violent. Like I can't even watch violent movies. I just, it just upsets me. But um, yeah, as I said, George is a big fan. So I, I still see it anyway, because he's always sending me clips. Watch this, watch this. Can you believe this? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I saw it making its rounds on Twitter this week. I had to turn off notifications. <laughs> Right on. Um, Halsey, what, uh, how do you feel about the whole black pilling versus white pilling? Do you think it actually makes you feel worse to see content like compilations of, of people doing crazy shit? Not really per se. Um, I, I won't watch anything where like animals are getting hurt. Mm. Like, like that, like people put these pictures on like these videos on like, Oh, look what this person did to this dog. We need to get them arrested. Yeah. Like oh, I'm thinking the they need to be gore porn. Yeah, no, I can't, I can't do that. In fact, uh, Facebook now bans your account and you can't make a new account if you post, even if it's a lot of the vegan community used to do that, um, where they'll post like pictures of cows being killed and like animals being tortured. And then there's, yeah, they say exactly what you just said is we need to stop this. And Facebook now bans them outright. So yeah, I had to unfollow shit. a lot of vegans for doing that because it's like, yeah, we all know the like the cruelty that's involved. We're not the ones who need to see slaughterhouse videos. And yeah. I was just like, I couldn't, I couldn't yeah. deal with it. I mean, I, I'm, I'm of the opinion there's a lot of these things that we should see because they shouldn't exist in an abstract. Now, maybe that's a male thing, but like when when you remember those two hikers went to Morocco and they both got their heads yes. cut off by uh, yes. by ISIS. Well, I'm I'm an accredited journalist, so I was on the, I was on one of the calls with the um I think it was the Swedish ambassador, and and he was going through all of this stuff for the press, and then he just puts the video on without warning. Now I think that we should see those type of things to understand who we're fighting, but I wasn't That's kind of ready for it. For me. No. That's, I, even I can't watch that kind of shit. Um, man. Okay, Halsey. I agree that that stuff should be accessible by people who know what they're getting into. One of the most traumatic things that ever happened to me when I was younger was um, out of the blue, I saw the Daniel Pearl beheading. I, yeah, that stuff was like very that. First, that was the very, I was way too young to see that. And I had never, I didn't even know what ISIS was. I had no idea. I knew nothing about Muslims at that time. And I had no idea what I was watching, except there's two guys if you guys remember, that was like the first public video anybody ever saw. And I was way too young to have that visual in my head. And it gave me nightmares. And then there was another one that somebody had sent me of, uh, it was like three or four Russian or Romanian guys who would run and murder people, torture them with screwdrivers. I don't know, and like beat them with hammers. And I, I'm watching this and I see these guys running through a forest and they're laughing. And they're speaking in another language. And I'm like, what the heck? And then all of a sudden they start stabbing a man and kill. Like, it's oh very God. gory. And it, it like that, I couldn't get that image out of my head. Had you told me before what I was about to watch, I wouldn't have watched it. But that fucked me up at a really young age, watching those I things. don't even like hearing about it. I yeah, didn't see it, those. I did it. I did see the first part of the, the Moroccan girls because it was on like Facebook or something like that. And it had before they like caught it all and blocked it. And it just like started auto playing. And that was just terrible. 
But you yeah, know, I, I think I like, like there's a seconds of that. It was awful. That's I, I think there's a difference between shit. men and women though, how they because a lot of men will be like, Oh, you need to see this stuff that it's gonna toughen you up for the reality that's coming. And it's like I think maybe that's more true for men than women. You can't say you want women to be feminine again and then try to toughen them up with gore. Like no, it's I just agree with you it's, it's bad for our psych it's bad for us psychologically and emotionally, and so it's damaging for us in a way I think that isn't for men. Yeah. Well, we were just sitting here saying we want to convince women to have more babies. We shouldn't yeah. do it by convincing them the world is the most horrible place on the planet and that bringing a child into it is is a, a stupid yeah. move. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. you got to you got to I, I don't care if you have to lie to us, but you got to convince us that the world's a safe, beautiful, wonderful <laughs> place and our yeah. kids are going to grow up happy and they'll never want for anything and we'll be like, "Okay, yeah, I feel safe enough to have babies." Because women when women don't feel safe about the future in any context, then they're like, "I don't want to have babies." Or I, I want kids someday. Oh, but real quick, I wanted to answer the question though. Blackpilling, I think, has its purpose if you're willing to talk solutions right afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you you can blackpill the shit out of people, but as long as you're saying this is what you do with it. But like me on on one of my older shows with one of my older co-hosts, we would like have like a whole blackpill show, and then at the end be like, well, I guess we're just fucked, and then we would like kind of just leave. And people would, would write to me like, man, your show is really blackpilling. It, it, I left feeling horrible. So we started like much more like, okay, this is the bad stuff. This is the solution. This is how we, you know, overcome it. And I, th I think that's important. Yeah. Well, I think one of the things, the sex wars, um, I've tried to describe to people what it is, but I think the LP and I have, have kind of tried to move in that direction where we don't just complain about things. It's not like that you can't stop progress, but we we actually talk about the things that we approve of and disapprove of and how we can make things better. So thank you, yeah. LP. This is your well, way we're trying to have fun here too, to a yeah. degree. Like I I'll shout out again. I said this once before in the show, but my favorite sort of white pill channel as a man is the golden one lately. I watch that guy's content and it's so wholesome and inspirational. And he's just like, you must do better. You must be glorious. I can't do the accent. I can't do the impression, but it's a good, that's a good show. Yeah. If you want wholesome content, check out the yeah, golden. I follow him on Instagram. Um, and he, he just this morning had posted like a nine, nine frame of his year. And it included like his wife, he and his wife together, him sitting, reading a book, his baby pictures of his baby. So he's definitely a white pillar. Now I can see how men are intimidated by him. But, um, I like the golden one. He yeah, wow, I love it. I love it. We actually had him do a. We had we gave him a little cameo appearance in one of our songs. So uh, he he spoke a line of uh, of Odin for us in in one of our songs on our album. Oh yeah, you have like a music album. I, you should send me a link uh, on Twitter or something sometime. I'd like to check that out. Sure, we'll do. Yeah, it's uh, we're on all the major streaming services and everything. So Uberfolk Music for Nations is the name of the album. Um, and the golden one is on the the final song called "Song for Sweden," and uh, we had a, we had a line where we needed a, somebody to speak Odin, and we thought he'd be a really cool choice for that, being that you know he's Swedish and he's kind of got like that that vibe. <laughs> You're in Sweden. Pardon? You're in Sweden. No, no. Um, but this it's called Song for Sweden. It was kind of okay. just a, an ode for uh, Sweden and and all of Europe, really. Just everything kind of inspired by the migrant crisis and everything that's happened there. Okay, everybody, uh, we got a new guest here. I got to shout out my boy Nurkish. I don't know if you guys know 
Nurkish, he has a sort of a smaller YouTube channel and he kind of took a break for a while, but he makes hilarious content where he, uh, he does like, it's almost like adult swim level of production, <laughs> you know, with the, with the animation and like, like the drawings and everything. It's really high. Like it, like I could see your YouTube videos being on adult swim or, or just about like, it's just about at that level of, of production. So it's, I don't know how you, how you do all that. Do you pay people to do the drawings or? No, I, um, I have a friend who's a animator and, uh, she's from South Africa and she just kind of, I don't know how it all came about. She was just like, start drawing. She drew my avatar and then I was telling her like, Oh, I think it'd be funny if we had a show where it was like a late night comedy show, but it was like cringe and it was like really right wing and like stupid. And then she was like, Oh, I could do this and that. But the, the animation's kind of like, I don't know. I guess like Tim and Eric, the first one, the um, Tom goes to the mayor. That was kind of like stills, I think. So yeah, it's not like a super cop, but still, the just the amount of work that must go into doing all the drawings and stuff is like. Oh yeah, I, I can't imagine like how much time it takes to put together an episode of that. E even the editing, but yeah. you know, it's it's a good time to be on YouTube with the uh, terms of service change they did. <laughs> so. Are you? Yeah, on your, uh, I, I detect the sarcasm there. Yeah. Are you on your last leg now? I think so. I yeah. but it's, <laughs> it's good to have you here. It's good to have you here, man. Happy New Year. You too. I was going to come on <laughs> earlier, but my baby was crying, so I had to, uh, you know, take care of it. Oh, nice! You got kids. Yeah, I was listening to you. Oh, congratulations too! I get engaged, married. Engaged. Yeah, I got married. Yeah, exciting. Yeah, thanks. You need to have kids because it's. Uh, amazing <laughs> so yeah I, I have a daughter already from oh, okay. a previous relationship but mm -hmm. we plan to have more kids uh my wife and i so i'm very happy about that because that's what i was hoping i'd be able to do yeah it's it's i can't get like a my, my oldest is three and the the pre and post change between having kids is like night and day it's like somebody's like oh here's this other dimension for you you mean yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I can't, like, prior to that, I kind of knew, you know, I was like, oh, kids are a big deal and blah, blah, blah. But having them now, I'm like, I talk to my wife sometimes. I'm like, what do we do before we have had kids? Like, what was our life like? Like, it's just, I don't know. I can help oh. you with that. You used to go out when you wanted to and you could sleep. I, the, I, these I, are some I, of the things you could do before kids. I would still trade it. Like, I, th I think a lot of the stuff you do is, like, frivolous bullshit. Bro, I haven't slept since I'm four, and I haven't gone out in like a year. Trust me, I know what you're talking about. I wouldn't trade any of it. Yeah, and even the the, the even the um, you know, I meet people that are like, oh, because we were kind of like that. I meet people that are like, oh, uh, you know, the money and this has to be right and that and this. And I was like, you always find a way. Like, you know, you'll have one, and they'd be like, we can't possibly afford or do this or that or have the time, and you always make you make it work, and then you can't imagine. You're like, I just wasted. You realize how inefficient you were prior to having kids. Like, you're like, what was I doing with all that time and money? You know, like, it, it's just, it's bizarre. Well, I think, Halsey, this probably ties into a little bit about what you were saying about families should have a vote. Like, there's, there is something about having kids that just makes you a more responsible person. If you're, if you're a, any kind of decent human being in the first place, then having kids, like, like, like for me, that was a massive wake up call, you know, and like, I, like, kind of fixed me in some ways like because it forced me to sort of get my shit together so i've always been politically active and i always thought that like i i carried the same passion 
that I always have, after having kids, everything changes. Like you don't just look at things like we have to change this because of this. Like you look at this like they could use this against my children. Yeah, yeah. Like I, this will not happen. I will agree with that too. So like the I think like I was in um I don't think I realized how crazy things were until I got to grad school. Undergrad wasn't that bad, but grad school was like when people people are literally going up to me being like, You can't say that. You can't do this. And I was like, Pardon? Um, but I was like, well, I'm on my way out. I'm not going to get a PhD, you know, so I don't give a fuck. But now thinking about my kids going through that or even like in high schools and stuff, you, you know, you start to go, well, this is a different game. You know, <laughs> like, should I do private school? Should I like, how would I deal with this shit? So, yeah, it, it is. It is a different thing. You have more of a stake. Yeah. Like, I mean, you think you think of what if your kid went to school and some guidance counselor called you up and said, oh, your kid was playing with a Barbie. Like, we're going to recommend that he go on hormone treatments. Oh, you you have no idea how many. I mean, I wouldn't actually do this, but there are, like, weird falling down scenarios in my head where I'm like, you know, you're reading the, like, horror story where it's like, this father had his kid taken away, and now it's being put on, you know, estrogen, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I would go fucking Michael Douglas. <laughs> like, I think I would just, I'd be like, I'm going to kill myself, and I'm just going to go insane. Like the the stuff they do with it is just yeah i don't know and then i think my wife is a uh, she's not really political and she's a little left leaning so if i say something like that to i think she just thinks like oh this doesn't happen you're insane these stories are made up or they're exaggerated and I'm like i don't if know if she thinks that then she needs to watch you can't stop progress she i uh my buddy my buddy's also uh i don't know what i call him i guess he's on the left but he's more open to like right wing stuff and we were watching on a fluke. Uh, God, what's that fucking movie the feminists made? The Red Pill? Right yeah. about the men's right. Yeah. And we we're just watching. And I was like, oh, it's like, you know, it wasn't revolutionary, but I was like, oh, there's some like decent stuff in here. My wife came in and she's like, Ugh. like she just saw that we were watching it. She's like, what is this? And she, like I said, she's not like super political, but I think she just heard like the men's rights thing. And she was like, you know, she's kind of put off. And I'm like, there's some of this stuff that's fucked up. And I was trying to tell her, I was like, particularly with the uh, custody that like started getting to me and I'm not really an emotional guy, but like seeing that what the dads go through, I was like, damn. Yeah. That's for me. That's the number one MRA issue that I can get behind is the, is that we need more of a shared custody standard for parents who do split up and, and the whole, like the, the family courts need to be like less acrimonious. I don't know how you're going to accomplish that part of it, but. But it's a goal anyway. But well, the, I, just I, I didn't to just stir things up a little bit here, and I'm not necessarily advocating uh -oh. for one way or another, but in the spirit of the name of your channel, let, being hypocrites here, um, you can't really say that women's primary role should be to take care of the children and then complain that they get custody. No, and I understand too. Like, um, I talk to my boss about this a lot, and I live in an urban area or near an urban area, so I understand the courts, uh, you know, I guess like leanings towards absentee fathers and shitty fathers. There are a lot of dads who just bail and are pieces of shit. I understand the the, the reasoning for it, but I think sometimes women kind of just get like a you know run rough shot over men. And that's all I'm saying. It's like maybe just oh, some more. Of course they do. And look, yeah. the court system is completely unfair. But I'm pointing out like a, a little bit of hypocrisy here amongst people on the right who complain about both issues that they both say that women need to be the primary caregivers of children, and that's women's role. And then they complain that the fathers don't get custody. 
Well, no, I won't even say that either. You can't have it both ways, guys. Well, well, to be to be clear, shared custody. So, like, uh, both parents being treated equally, 50 and and that's if they want it. You know, Nurkish is saying like, uh, there's deadbeat dads. I like if they don't want it, fine. Let the let the whoever wants the custody have it. I'm saying if both parents want it, then shared should be the assumption, unless there's some kind of. Uh, you know, extraneous mitigating factor like abuse or drugs or whatever. Um, the, the, the thing is, is that, you know, okay, so we give the women, the kids, like we, we give them preference for having the custody and then the dad has to pay child support. It's just totally unfair. Yeah, I, I would also go as far as to say, like, if you had to hold a gun to my head and say, pick a parent, I'd probably say women would be better. So I, I understand it. Like, I understand yeah, the reason. I'd probably say that too, to be honest. Yeah, like, like if, I would say that because to. I think men tend to be more, you know, lax <laughs> with some things. And, you know, particularly with young kids, you know, they, they might not be as uh, on point or something like that. I understand the need for women uh, leading that. I just think, particularly with that documentary, I think it was just like, there's there are things you see where it's like, just kind of crazy chicks uh fucking with guys and things like that that you know your heart kind of goes out to them and you understand there you understand are a that lot of women lot who who basically use the kids as tools within the family court system to uh do really cruel things to the fathers and it is i don't want any i'm sure there are people in the chat who take this all the wrong way i'm not even going to look at it but um i'm not for one second suggesting that men shouldn't get any custody of their children like i've literally just said just kind of stirring the pot here for the sake of conversation don't yeah. take it personally <laughs> I, I would prefer a scenario where i mean even like when it ends in divorce i always say that and then people get on my ship but when i'm like i don't i, I think unless it's like physical abuse or like infidelity you should try to really work on it. You can't, but people are always like, well, what if they just don't like each other? I'm like, that seems like a very selfish thing. I think if, if the stakes were higher and you really had to work on it, you can make it work. I think people are a little selfish and they kind of go, well, we could just, you know, move on or it's not good for the kids if we're fighting. And it's like, well, no, it's not good for the kids. But I think if you really wanted to work on it and understood what was at stake, yeah, if you care yeah. about your kids, you're yeah. going to be enough of an adult to stop fighting. That's that's what I say too. But the the problem is that it takes two to tango. Like it yeah. takes two people to want to make the effort. So at the end of the day, you have to have some kind of policy, some kind of legal policy for when one person just wants out or whatever. And that needs to be that the assumption is that there's going to be a shared custody unless one of the people wants to voluntarily give up that that share and, and and have one person be the primary a lot of men would probably give it up voluntarily they just want to work you know they got like other shit to do but it, they should have the option yeah i just i don't know like i said it's just one of those things that you know i can sympathize with even even if i'm at like if i take my kid somewhere and then i could tell that there's just like a sad you know, once a month, dad taking his kid to go get like frozen yogurt. I'm like, ugh, <laughs> like it just, I don't know what it is. Like, like I'm not making fun of them or anything, but I'm just like putting myself in their shoes. I'm like, that would be so hard for me to do that. Like my heart kind of goes out to them, you know, like it, it is. I mean, it, it is hard. Like I'm that guy, man. Yeah. And it's, it's like you, I have to pay child support every month. And then I have my kid every other weekend and I have to rent a two bedroom house so that when she's here her for four nights a month, she has a room to sleep in. You know what I mean? I mean, obviously you could get by and like, you know, crash on the couch or whatever, 
but uh, it, it puts a lot of like pressure on the guys. And there, I don't know. There's that meme. I don't know if I can find it, but it was like it was like a comic book, like a black and white comic book of like the guy who gets divorced and the woman takes the kids, and then he's like. He, he loses the court case and then he's like goes on online dating and it's like some 300 pound obese woman who's like i need a man who's six foot five and makes th six figures and this and that and then the woman the ex-wife like has a dude go come to the old house and is like banging her and then the dad is like jerking off to porn it's like it's so depressing it's like the most fucking like depressing it sounds thing. like that uh that comic where it's like god it's, it's like the uh, the dad and his kid, and they're like playing or something. But then it ends with like the kid being some like militant leftist, and they're like marching outside his door, and he has the gun. <laughs> or so you know what I'm talking about. You know exactly yeah, yeah. which one you're talking <laughs> about. Yeah. Hey guys, oh. I got to take off, but I, I really appreciate you having me on. I'd, I'd love to do this again sometime. Yeah, definitely. Thanks but for coming, Halsey. Happy New Year! It's been great talking to you guys. Happy New Year! Thank you for stopping by. No, he's a nice guy. Um, it's funny because I don't remember. I don't remember how I ran into him. There was something. I think it was uh, the the sex doll conversation, and I hit him up because he knows the guy. And Turtle Monkey, he does a, a I guess a podcast with him. So, um, so anyway, did, did you um did you ask uh most questions to come on? I hit yeah. Oh, question most things. I uh, did. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Jesus. Does he, does he want on, though? He can come no, on. No, 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 no. I just, uh, I'm thinking of people that I, uh, I know you know um, Orwell and Good, right? I know. I did. I didn't send it to him either because I was oh. like, I had like a list of like a hundred people. And then I was like frantically sending out the invites as the intro was playing. And I didn't get through the whole list. Also, I know Orwell has like not the greatest internet so i didn't know if yeah, and yeah, plus yeah. i didn't know if the time would work but oh yeah if, yeah, you, yeah if anybody is out there just dm me on twitter if you want to come on because we're probably going to go for like an i'm good to go for like another 30 minutes or so so if somebody wants on just shoot me a dm you don't want to watch um andy cohen and anderson cooper talk about celebrities dicks isn't that fun <laughs> like every new That's year's the, Eve. the new year's thing yeah, yeah. Wait, and then they want to be taken very seriously. We're serious news anchors. <laughs> okay. D did they actually do that? Yeah, yeah. That, that was I. I don't go on Twitter too much, but I mean, like, I don't. I don't um, look at it as often as I used to. But I don't know. Yeah, it's every now and then I'll go on. I'm like, fucking cancer. Did I? Did I make things <laughs> really stupid? That I, I know you guys were having philosophical conversations <laughs> before I came in. <laughs> did I dumb it down? No, it's good. Okay. It's good. No, I'm sorry. I had to. I had to head out. I had. I I had friends. What? Not 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 to brag. IRL friends. No, I am. Yes, I I actually know people that aren't on the internet. So fake gamer girl. Yeah. What do you guys <laughs> here? Here's a story we can comment on. This is a wholesome story for the the stream. Woman who forced X into sex at Machete Point sent to psychiatric hospital. Didn't I send this to you weeks ago? Like yep, before your channel was banned? Yeah. I sometimes uh, send things to iHypocrite so he can, in case if he hasn't seen them yet, so he can include them in one of his. his uh, I, I always wonder how this works. 
with the uh, male rape when it's when it's like this? Like, how do you get a boner? Like, how would you like if you're at machete point, right? No. Yeah. <laughs> Is it just me? I well, I think um, there's a if you just start rubbing it, there's going to be like a good chance of a response for a lot of guys, right? At machete I don't know. point. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I, would... I mean maybe he was coerced. She raped him. Yeah. I would agree. Well, I, I, I think the machete implies the coercion, Annika. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe I said that. You know what I mean? I mean, like, I mean, I think that the reason it's called rape is because it's coercion with a threat. Right. So he uh, probably he probably had to get excited down there, whether he wanted to or not. Do you, I guess the obvious question here or comment is, do you think that a man would ever avoid jail if he raped a woman at machete point? No. 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 Even if he was crazy, they don't care. He's going to go to prison. Unless yeah. he's very wealthy and famous. Yeah, I guess so. Like, yeah. The like one of those Hollywood sex fiends. Yeah, what's that guy? The... Epstein. The uh, he shall not divide us guy. I could see him raping someone at Michelle Point. Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. Oh. The guy with the flag where they kept tracking down his flag and stealing it. Yeah. That was I, so funny. I uh, did a whole video about the uh, the flag that he will not divide us uh, way back when it happened. Um, and I took it down because I saw a more recent video about Shia LaBeouf and his charisma. And it made me kind of like him. Uh, I'll I'll try to find that. I think it was on um, Charisma on Command. They were talking about him and how he's evolved and he's kind of grown up. And then I was like, oh, maybe he's not that bad of a guy after all. Maybe we can all be redeemed. That could have just uh, been the framing of that Charisma on Command, though. He could have just been leading you to believe that Shia LaBeouf was. I I don't know. I don't think Shia LaBeouf is like or Buff is like a great guy. I just he's evolved and I feel like he's grown up. Yeah, but you can still mock him for his craziness. Yeah, I, mean. I think it was drugs, quite honestly. Every time I see behavior like that, oh, that that outlandish public, um, I always I always attribute it to alcohol well, or mental illness. Well, even they they had the drugs. Not, not even the crazier videos. There was just a video I, th I remember seeing where somebody was just at a stoplight. And he was like eyeballing him, like he was just like, giving him a best. <laughs> and I'm like, they're like, what the fuck's going on? So I think you know, even stuff like that. I mean, he does seem like he. I feel bad for the people like, um, like Mel Gibson or something, where you could tell, you know, they done they did their licks, and it's like ten years later, and people just can't get over, you know, like the worst yeah. time in their life or something. Is you know, I feel bad for that. Yeah, Shia LaBeouf just seems. I mean, you know, he could be all right guy, but he does seem pretty intense. So <laughs> I don't know. Well, it's hard to uh, to sympathize with people who who do the whole virtue signaling thing for someone like me. You know what I mean? Like it's that's the like it's easier for me to be like, yeah, Mel Gibson, you know, he's okay. But for for people who do the virtue signaling thing, it's like that to me signals more that you're a bad person than whatever anything else like you get caught saying something racist or whatever because at least at least you know that person's like saying what they think and they they probably don't even care that much they're probably just using like loaded language because they're pissed off a lot of the time right um I, the, the thing with the virtue signaling is that you can't trust people who who pretend to be like you know altruistic and shit like that they've 
I don't, I've been wanting to like do a video on this actually, but there's, they did a study on moral licensing, which found that people who feel like they've done moral good are more likely to like do moral bad. Cause they feel, they feel like they've like built up the karma bank or whatever. So I, whenever I see anybody like doing the whole, like, Oh, we got to get Trump out. He's a racist piece of shit or whatever. I'm like, Oh, I can't trust this person. You know, does that make sense? No, no, totally. And I, I, uh, I work with people like that and they'll just sit there and brag about like, the, the weird thing is that whenever they talk about race issues or gender issues or, you know, LGBT issues, it's never through a filter of, uh, let's go help these poor black people. Or, you know, there's this underprivileged thing. It's always through a filter of them. So it's like, I saw this and I did that. I did this and blah, blah, blah. So, and yeah. then they always kind of, and it's, yeah, it's, I, I think that's when you get a little suspicious of, you know, this is really more about you than it is anything else. Yeah, totally. Um, is my audio sound better? We can hear like you. All? Yeah. Oh I, my God. I, it didn't this sound whole bad. time. Okay. This whole time it's that been connected through my earpiece instead of my USB mic. So I don't know, maybe. I just noticed that it was uh, that it was connected through Bluetooth. So I guess it sounds better a little bit. I'm on a yeah, uh, it is maybe a little bit better yeah. now that I hear it. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. sorry. I'm on, I'm on like a, a gaming boomer headset. tech boomer competition here between the two <laughs> co-hosts of the show. So anyway, okay. I'm, uh, I'm the kind of person who doesn't even know how to restart her computer half the time. So yeah. I'm not. You guys are still leaps and bounds ahead of me. So who's got uh, New Year's resolutions? I do not. <laughs> I do. I don't know what theirs are. It's I'm not big into resolutions. I just, I feel like if you need to make a change in your life, why do you need to wait for the new year? Like, just do it. Yeah. It's a kick it's in like, the pants. I don't know. It's just kind of like, eh, it's just another day, just another year. Nothing's really changed. You know, yeah, I kind of hate it, the idea of New Year's resolutions because more people start showing up at the gym and the swimming pool and that. Yeah. Yes, busy. and it's crowded. <laughs> yeah, it's crowded. You're just like, oh, I can't wait till like March when all these fucking half-assers. Right, and, and they're like <laughs> swimming the wrong way in the lane and just kind of getting in your way and taking up all the lockers. And it's like, then you got to wait till February for them to all go away. Yeah. It's kind of like, so like January ends up being my month of like not exercising because I just can't deal with the crowds. I'm just kind of like, I feel like saying to them like, you're still going to be fat in February. <laughs> <laughs> That's just me being a little bit mean though. and just wanting my, my own swimming lane back and not having to share with like six people. <laughs> but I don't know. I just kind of feel like, you know, whatever whatever your year is is going to be the culmination of the choices you've already made so if you need to change something just do it you know you don't need to wait until january 1st there's nothing inherently motivating about the the calendar changing um maybe there's like a psychological aspect to it i don't know but i've never really understood that i think one of the reasons why the whole new year resolution other than the fact that it's clearly a, a new calendar um is that a lot of people, the the rush that you're in at the end of the year, both for um, like if you own a business, the end of the year is a big time. Uh, it's a big time for consumerism. So a lot of people max out their credit cards. A lot of people gain a lot of weight because of the holidays. There's a lot of things that happen that last 
two or three months of the year that is usually not the best behavior, that if you were to maintain that behavior the rest of the year, it would not be good for you. You'd end up obese and broke um, so or in tons of debt. So I think it's usually one of those, okay, we need to recorrect the course. I think that's what a lot of people that I know that they they say, this is the year that I'm going to you know, <laughs> save up for a down payment on a house, things like when, that. They, they you know, does do. that make sense? That's a good point. I, I agree. Yeah. Though, I, okay. I wonder what well, the course. correlation between that and people who um, in the aggregate, like on average, just fuck themselves over though. Because I see a lot of people will just feed into it until January 1st being like, I'm just going to keep eating like shit till January 1st. Or I'm going to see since I'm going to go refresh on January 1st, I might as well just do what I want until then. And it's like, I almost feel like they're like, if they had done something more sustainable, like, yeah, it's the holidays. I'm going to have some bad stuff, but you know, I'll make some decent choices, have a beer or two and, you know, maybe eat some cake. That would be better than somebody just going, well, I'm going to start my diet on January or uh, January 1st and just, you know, gorge myself until then. I don't know if that's, I don't know. I, see I, do think that. That, I do think New Year's resolutions do tend to set people up for failure because they're making like this list of all these things they need to change all at once. And it's just like too overwhelming. That's why they don't come back to the gym in February. It's the first thing that they drop. Well, it's I, like, you got to tackle like life changes and baby steps for the most part. Just one thing at a time where you just burn yourself out on it. It becomes too hard and exhausting. Well, particularly with the gym too. I see a lot of people... I think the number one thing is people uh, overtrain and they overdo it. So like, I'll be at the gym. Mm. Like I go like at most like six days a week, mostly usually like four or five <laughs> days a week, but it's like, I'll be there every morning and I'll see people there every morning doing like, you know, I do maybe like an hour, a little bit over sometimes, but I'll see people there and then they're still there when I, you know, I leave. So it's just, they're cranking it out. They're like doing all the weightlifting. Then they're trying to do cardio and their diet's probably super strict. And I think they just burn out. Instead of going like, maybe I'll go three times a week and then work up from there. Or maybe I'll just kind of do, you know, uh, a little bit of a caloric restriction and then work from there. I, I think they usually try to see these like crazy diets and just, you know, go for it. Fat demoids and leggings at the gym. I'm a, uh, <clears throat> my gym doesn't have fat people. I'm like the fattest, most out of shape person there. Uh, <laughs> I get winded on the Stairmaster. Um, the gym that I go to has like the local football team, the Houston Texans, their NFL team. They all work out at my gym and then they've got like, um, a lot of like power lifter and like really like people that are dedicated to fitness, um, go to my gym. So I'm fortunate that when I go, it makes me feel shamed. I, I never look around and say, well, I don't look that bad. <laughs> I look around, I'm like, damn, I got work to do. So, Wait, are you saying that shame actually is working on you then? In that, in that, when I'm, when I put on my Lulu, you've been caught out. <laughs> when I put on my Lululemons and I'm at the gym and I'm doing my squats because I'm, I'm one of those girls. I'm a girls who See, squat. So you have Lululemons that you do squats and now I feel shame and I feel motivated to go out and buy Lululemons yeah. to do squats yeah. in. So um, I'm not like, on sale. I feel like we're making a lot of progress here, guys. This is really good. <laughs> I shamed you. Um, well, okay. So real quick, my New Year's resolution is because so way back in the day, I had a YouTube channel and then I stopped for a while and then I came back and I had a whole new thing and then I stopped for a while. And so I'm coming back and on New Year's Day tomorrow, I'm going to start making a video every single day of the year. 
doesn't mean it'll be a long edited, well thought out video. A lot of them will just be quick little like couple of minute journal entries here and there, like ideas that I have. And then what I'll probably do is take those ideas at some point and make like a good video. So I'm going to give you two weeks. <laughs> that's, so that's, that's the funny thing is I've been saying for months now that I'm coming back to YouTube, like a year now. I've been saying, oh, I'll come back. I'll come back. I don't I'm know why you'd you? want to. It's like I went head paper into my eyeballs. <laughs> I don't know why you'd want to come back. Yeah. So I don't do know. You hope to get out of doing that to do one every um, day. Well, I don't know yet. I really don't know yet. In fact, I, I asked myself the same. I don't know what it is I want to get out of it yet, but I want to do it now. Yeah, it might be two weeks, LP. But so uh, what's the, I'm not what saying, was the I'm motivating not quit factor it necessarily, that? but until you at least miss one day, because that just sounds really hard to me. You know, yeah. it's making a YouTube video. It's it's not people just think, oh well, how is it hard to like pull up your phone yeah. and like record for three minutes, but it's like, you got to upload it. You got to fucking think of a title. You got to copy paste your description or whatever. Hey, it's a lot of work, you know, it's the whole uploading process. Like in the, the description. <laughs> yeah. Well then, then I'll, I'll probably do a lot of really short videos. Um, the I, other thing that I'll probably do is do like a live stream, maybe once every few weeks. I think th that's what YouTube count. is now. It's if you, it's live can, streams. Yeah, if you could do a lot of live streams and you're not as concerned about, I don't want to say not as concerned about quality, but you're not obsessing over it. Like if you're just yeah. like, you know, we'll do a live stream every day. And then as long as three are good during the week, I'm fine. That, that seems yeah. like YouTube is just a lot of content you could kind of churn out quick, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you feel kind of jaded about that, Nurkish? Because your videos are like <laughs> so much better than everybody else's. No, no, I just feel like. Nurkish, drop. Drop your uh, channel link. I, in the I put it in the description all. already. Okay. I've been, I've okay, been, I put cool. all the guests. Yeah. It's very, yeah. very stupid. You did misspell my name, I just noticed. <laughs> First you couldn't say it, Fuck now you me. can't spell it. It's right um, there on the screen. Yeah, but you can't copy paste <laughs> from the from the stream screen, you know what I'm saying? Okay, I'm, <laughs> I'm fixing it. As well, you should. <laughs> Um, yeah, but no, I, I appreciate it though. Like I, I like those kind of videos. You know, what I've noticed is, uh, Mr. Medicare has been making, um, produced like edited videos over on BitChute, and they're a lot of fun. So I'm, so I, I backed up, um, you know, my political thing on BitChute because I had to remove it from the main channel because it was getting like flagged for things <laughs> one of the videos got flagged um so i was like i'll just make a second channel for it and i'm, I'm torn on BitChute because it's like it seems good but then also it seems so wildly chaotic that it, it gets a little weird because you know i'm like oh i'm going on BitChute, and one of the top videos is archival footage of the clan rallies or something you know like <laughs> it's just so it's like the wild west over there so i'm like i don't even know if my edgelord shitty political humor would fit in over there because there's people that are just like, you know, full bore over there. So I'm like, I don't even know if I have a place over there, but I'll, I'll see. Yeah. But, the yeah. comic section, the comment section is pretty rank on my videos over there. Yeah, my um, I get a little bit of that on my YouTube, but it's like, I'm not really, I don't know. Some of it, I'm just like, bah. and yeah, I'm not too like, uh, I'm not easily offended. So it's like, but it's it's toned down for the most part. It's not too bad. But I feel like if I went on bitch shoot, 
Well, YouTube, even, YouTube censors the hard stuff now automatically. Even, oh, on, even on your own channel, I can't tell you how many times I've tried to drop an F-bomb on somebody in my own comment section. And then it, it like, it kind of like it posts and you're like, yeah, there's a comment done. And then you go back later and you see it's gone and you're like, oh, YouTube fucked me. Yeah. It's weird. It's, it's like, um, I don't know. It's sometimes people will try to go back and forth with me and then they'll think I'm deleting their comments. Like I can't handle the heat. Or something, and they're like, oh, will you fucking delete my comments, pussy? And I'm like, no, just get YouTube does not like certain things. I don't know yeah. if you saw that video with uh, Susan where she was talking about, uh, I mean, this was pertaining to mostly alt right stuff, but the way she was phrasing it gave her a lot of leeway to do what she wants because she's like, we know, we just, we know we're starting to flag them. We have teams that know what the videos are really saying, and we know all the hand signals and music. And I'm like, that's a, pretty loose standard you're applying there to be able to signals, yeah. they're vague they're very yeah. vague so that yeah. they can so that they can pick and choose well she was bragging recently uh that they've reduced the amount of extremist content that people watch by 70 percent so the idea that they're like throttling your channel if you're right-wing political or whatever it's it's you can't really call it a conspiracy theory when they're bragging about how they've reduced the amount of content that people watch that is extremist and you see you can feel it when you're using the platform like well, i was saying at the start of the stream how i was i've been watching a lot of the millennial videos with from millennial woes and it's like i'll i'll put one of them on like while i'm at work and just listen to it while i'm doing my thing and uh you know that that's not live and what'll happen is it gets to the end of the video and then it'll go to an autoplay of like you know, Russell Brand or whatever, you know what I mean? When like in the old YouTube, it would make so much sense to just go to another episode of Millennial that I haven't watched yet, right? But they take they take you to somebody else's channel now. They're like, ah. Well, even I was talking I get, to- I get makeup tutorials. Hold I don't on. even I don't even know what I, I get. I get painting tutorials now. I've never painted in my entire life. I've never searched for anything on painting. But I gotta tell you, they're a little bit addictive. <laughs> it's just kind of like <laughs> relaxing to watch somebody smearing color all over a canvas. And I'm just like, oh, that's nice. And so now I get even more of them. I, I feel I, I think YouTube doesn't like I the only thing I find frustrating about my content is I feel like if I had done it five years ago. I could have actually, you know, done something with it. That's where now it's like, yeah, it's just for fun. But um, the, I, th I think YouTube doesn't value, like I said, it's more like quick disposable stuff. And then also, I don't think they even want content creators anymore. I think they want you to go on and be like, where's the latest Seth Myers? Or, you know, like they don't they're, really. Yeah, they're trying to turn it into a, into a Netflix. They, yeah, like, they want it. Yeah. They want sponsor content that they're in control of. They want to work with creators that can create a show and that have a following that they can control. And this is the thing. At any point, if you step out of line, like look at what happened to PewDiePie. He lost his contract um, because he stepped out of line. Um, <clears throat> he got called up by the Wall Street Journal. If you don't remember that yeah. shit show. I don't know if you were around back then, but um, it was... Um, they want to be able to control you. So they say, look, we we're giving you hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. Continue to make us proud. And they're actually losing money on that content. Like, yeah, yeah. um, yeah, I, like I it's not it's viable profitable. for them financially. Like I, I, I think 
it was just kind of a flash in the pan and now the yep. financially viable stuff is through other means. I, I don't think like PewDiePie's and stuff like that are what they want anymore. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's just strange. I mean, iDubbbz got hit with the new terms of service ban for that leafy video he did. And yeah, that I, saw, like, I saw that too. Com- yeah. And th- that was like, that was iDubbbz being mean to a guy who makes fun of like, you know, ugly people and like crippled kids and say, you know, like leafy was the asshole in that scenario. Yeah. But iDubs got hit for making fun of Leafy, and I'm like, that's just such a strange. And thing. I mean, that video probably had like 10 million views or something, right? Yeah. yeah well, also, like, I don't think it's always super nefarious in the sense that, like, they're going out like somebody has it out for iDubs. I think when you create an algorithm, it's going to do things like that sometimes too. You know, like it, the bias is baked into the cake. Do you know if they put the video back at any point though, or is it still? Go- I didn't like. No, no, I haven't. I haven't heard anything else about yeah. it. But I, I imagine I don't see him appealing it or giving too much of a shit. Really, you know, like it just seemed like him, you know, throwing his hands up. But yeah, I mean, it, it's strange, and it's weird too. I'll talk to some people about like somebody just found out. I guess NPR finally did a, uh, you know, some sort of expose on that Crowder Fox thing. That happened yeah. Few, yeah and they're like well uh, it kind of seems like that was i was thinking like oh man they like they're making these changes specifically to go after yeah. crowder or to because they're because they're saying like oh if you make repeated videos about somebody that was yeah. part of the update right and that was the exact thing that that guy was complaining about which is gay wonk yeah which is strange because i think their hands were tied with crowder and then they can't do anything but I was talking to somebody and we had this whole back and forth because they're not, they weren't clued in, but they're like, oh, it's just, he's making money off of attacking this poor gay man and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, for one, I'm not even a big Crowder fan. I I think his stuff's kind of tame and he's a little obnoxious sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> like, his, you know, his change my mind stuff can be good once in no, a while. No, no, he's, yeah. he's good for some stuff, but he is a little, I don't know. I can't, I can't take him in large doses, but like, his little clips, he's, he's all right. Sure. Um, but yeah, the person's like, oh, you know, he's he's harassing and he made a video every time that guy made a video. And I was like, if that's your standard for harassment, then Jon Stewart has been harassing, you know, uh, Bill O'Reilly. And every one of these late night hosts has been harassing everybody at Fox News. Like, you can't have that standard. So I'll be interested to see if that same standard applies to, like, Sam B or, you know, uh, Seth Meyers or Stephen Colbert. If it's that targeted harassment or repeated videos some, somehow constitutes, you know... A violation of YouTube's term. Yeah, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say, "Don't hold your breath." Yeah. I didn't mean to derail the conversation. No, <laughs> you didn't. I no, I I appreciate it. It's nice to we get a break. I um, I just particularly with the Sam B stuff, I'm surprised. Like I looked at her videos, I'm like, is she getting anything? Because uh, her whole brand. She's is not supposed- funny. She's not, not funny, funny at all. There's her and then the other, the dark, the girl who used to go by the name Superwoman on Lily YouTube. Singh. Yeah, 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 Lily Singh. I'm just like, this isn't he, like, where's the humor? Well, Lily Singh was the only thing that was funny about her was, uh, you know, like, I think when she came out, she's like, we're not going to do political stuff on our show. And then she does like a 10 minute diatribe on her first episode about, like, Sorry, white men. There's a brown bisexual. I'm like, do you think this isn't political? You fucking lunatic. Like, I don't know. And I think that's a good example too of somebody just being, uh, like, YouTube not translating well to the real world. Like, she was in a bubble, and she has a bunch of kids, and you know, 
preteens that think this stuff's probably funny or enlightening, but you get in the real world and they don't want to watch that shit. Yeah, I think her audience probably skewed fairly young on YouTube, right? And then she goes to like do a late night talk show and people are just like, uh her whole thing is is that like bombastic uh millennial speak where it's like talking down to you. And I think when regular people see that, they go, ooh. You know, when when it's like somebody like millennial explaining to you about how you're bad. I think average folks are just like, this is gross. Yeah. <laughs> Millennial splaining. They do. That's exactly what they do. I'm actually going to tweet that. Nurkish, did you come up with that? I don't know. I probably heard it somewhere. I don't know. Okay. What's your Twitter handle so I can follow you? Oh, I, I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I deleted my Twitter. Um, uh, I'm not technically on there anymore. I gotta get you my can dog. still give him credit. He, Hold on. We'll, we'll I, I don't know if I give me credit. I honestly can't remember if that was me or not. Hold on. God dang, keyboard, dude. Yeah, right in the ear. <laughs> uh, all right, let me read some super chats here because we are winding down. Well, we got a minute. I'm going to pull those up. I don't know if Nurkish is getting his uh, his Twitter account for you guys or what. I know his Twitter account. He is on there. So it's a, it's a don't secret. It here. <laughs> I'm, but I'm not going to tell it. <laughs> it I was, like, DM me on Twitter. I um, LP. I started YouTube in a very stupid and toxic community, and then a bunch of drama happened, and I was like, all right, fuck this, and I just kind of left. So I don't want to go back on Twitter and then have a bunch of, like, man babies spurging on me and you know sending me shit that's fun i love me and baby spurging on me i can't i can't i don't know there's a point when you start to enter middle age and you're like <clears throat> what am i doing with my life you know like if you're starting to go back and forth with somebody on the like internet you're like what am i doing what is this i don't know i just i, I don't have the stomach for it anymore like arguing with people and like drama and stuff on the internet just yeah i'm getting better i that, that that's something that took me a long time is to like not argue with people just even in the comment sections or on twitter or whatever i'm getting a lot better at just not responding to people life's too short that's also i mean like pick your battles yeah. you know okay. lp um did you use that uh do you recall the um there was a little um the the a, copy pasta i haven't yeah. used it yet but i think i am did like, you send it to your to girl arsenal. your girl you got you got a message from you got an email from a chick did oh no no i didn't want to throw <clears throat> any fuel on that fire i didn't respond oh. at all yeah oh. like uh, that's that, that's my go-to move now is to just ignore people yeah 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 i can't I, I don't know what it is i used to there was a period where i um God, before I really start leaning to the right, when I um, I joined Facebook, and then I realized, because I'd never really been on Facebook, so I joined Facebook as an adult, and then I realized I hated everybody I knew, because they would start, all they did was post political shit, and then I was like, do I want to pick fights with these people? And then I, I had to delete it, because it'd just be like, really pretentious, uh, virtue signaling shit, or, you know, so this is really when uh, Black Lives Matter is like coming up, and... I get posts from like people I like and work with, or, you know, went to school with, and they just be saying shit like, uh, 
I talked to a black man today on the bus. I took the bus to talk to a black man. And you really need to listen to that. I'm just like, are you fucking retarded? Like, what like, it was just shit like that. Or it'd be like a guy that lives in the middle of some metro gay area. And he bought a house and he has like a, he put a gay flag and he's taking a bunch of pictures of it. Like, you know, like I'm a brave warrior or something. And I'm just like, what the fuck are you doing? I don't know. It's just, you know. Yeah. The last time I, I did that is I got really emotional during the Syrian refugees, the videos that they were showing, I think it was at a doctor's appointment and it came up on the TV and it showed these poor, helpless Syrians that were running. And I remember getting really sad. Like, this is so this is so depressing. These people need to be helped. It was right at the very beginning of the of the migraine crisis, and um, <laughs> that's what I that's what I call it. Um, but I remember I got that like the heartstrings tugged at, where I was like, "We got to do something. We got to take these innocent people in." And in the video, they only showed women and children running, and then later they debunked the whole video and said that it it actually wasn't Syrians fleeing from one place to another. The whole thing was staged, and I was like. Well, shit, fuck the Syrians. So. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah, it's so, I don't know. I think yeah. I still I feel like it Facebook hurt my heart. is pretty bad with that stuff. Twitter's like more um I don't mind Twitter as much because it feels like you're just like in a bar yelling at each other and then it's over or something. Like it's just such so much noise, but like Facebook feels more intimate and kind of like uh yeah. boomery. So it's just yeah. like I don't know what it is, but I couldn't take Facebook. Twitter's okay for now, but well, I think it's you tend to know the people in real life a little bit more on Facebook or there's more and, and people are like using their real names and real faces a lot more, too. So it, it has it doesn't have that layer of disconnection that Twitter and YouTube both have, or at least the comment section for YouTube, where it's just like a bunch of anonymous anime avatars telling you that you're, you know, just calling you a giant loser or whatever. Well, the the thing that helps, I wish there was a way where you could, I mean, obviously this would be doxing and everything, but I just sometimes wish there was a way that you could see what the person looks like. Because there are oh, times totally, where you'll, totally. you'll get into it and then you'll see what the person looks like. And you're like, oh, I don't care what you fucking think. <laughs> like, why, <laughs> you know, like, why are we going back and forth? Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I would support, uh, like, if social media, if they had like a, a verified thing where you had to like upload part like an ID or whatever. And I, I'm not saying like mandatory, but I'm just saying like, there'd be like a level of like verified user where you've like uploaded like a f your face pic or whatever that they verified Wait, in the background. You want to be a blue check mark? No, I'm, it's not like that. Well, to, to a degree, like, and then there was an, an, an option to hide everybody who wasn't verified. I'd probably would hide all the anons. I feel like personally, I don't feel like I get a lot of value out of as much. Like I prefer people to have to sign their name to the things that they say. Like Generally the speaking, no picture and they've got like five followers and they appear to have all the time in the world to shit post. Yeah. Yeah. But before people get pissed off at me, I'm not saying that that should be mandatory. I'm just saying that that should be an option and the different, and I'm, it would be different from like the current Twitter thing because everybody would have to have the ability to opt into it. Right. I, I would agree with that. If we weren't in the culture we're in, where it's like, you know, your job could be at stake, things like that, where, you know, like you become a pariah. It's like. So, and doxing. 
Yeah, Again, yeah. I'm, not the other I'm not saying it should be mandatory, yeah, but it's no, like, I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, I, I know. I know you want to be anonymous when you talk about how the Jews are running everything <laughs> and that shit. But like, I, I can go my life without seeing those posts. You know what I mean? I've yeah. already heard it. It's not it's nothing well, new to me. LP, if people could hear those opinions and not desire death and uh, like and not want to ruin your life that i think that's i think that's a brilliant idea but um the problem i see is that somebody doesn't agree with you so they go after your family like i've heard numerous stories um well and not people... to mention do you really want companies like twitter or facebook having your private information yeah. like yeah because yeah, like look at the people work. that work there yeah, yeah I had a friend who on Google Plus, um, he he worked for NBC Bay Area, the the like news there. So on his Google Plus, he was very public. He was doing light. He was one of the first people to you be. You guys don't think fucking Facebook and Twitter can find you if they want? No, Come they on. can do your IP address. <laughs> I understand that, but and I know there's cross referencing between different social sites, like people that say screw it, I'm not going to have a Facebook, but they have a WhatsApp. Now Facebook buys WhatsApp and they have all their information. So I understand that um, acquisitions and such. Um, but my friend who worked at NBC Bay Area was very public about who he was because he was a public figure because he worked on the news and he did live streams for NBC Bay Area. Well, he had said some things in a live stream that somebody didn't like. The guy lived in Crimea and called his place of work and like tried to get him fired. And the first person that he talked to didn't care. So he called somebody else. But he harassed my friend for over a month, like just trying to get my friend fired. And it's it's those kinds of people that you're like, if somebody has nothing but time on their hands and a grudge, they will stop at nothing, especially if they know that you have children. That's well, yeah. the one that really infuriates me is when they'll call your children's school and tell the principal that you're a Nazi. Yeah. And it's like, what does that have to do with? Yeah, well, that, I don't even understand. Like, <clears throat> my dad is an actual bigot like he's you know like a cartoonish <laughs> bigot like he's everything you think like that's what so i think sometimes when i hear what people think ra is racist or this or that i'm like that's not racist you know like i, I don't think it's that bad but it's just like the, i don't even understand their logic i got into an argument with a guy at a tattoo shop about this where he was saying like well if i'm on the street with my kid and uh somebody out there spewing some Nazi stuff. I, I, they shouldn't be able to say that. And I was like, what is your fear? Like, I would prefer to walk down the street with my kid and go, oh, this is stupid and here's why. As opposed to like driving these people underground and taking everything away from them and making them angry. Like, I, I think that's more toxic because then you, you don't know who they are and they're underground and you've taken everything away from them so they have nothing to lose. Like, that just seems far more dangerous to me. Yeah, I agree. Putting people in a position where they they have nothing left to lose and they feel helpless is probably not a good position, especially yeah. if they have access to firearms. I just think like I also grew up in a time when like the notion with racist and, you know, like bigots and stuff was like, oh, it's ignorance and you could teach them not to be racist and get through to them and, you know, socialize them and stuff. Now it's just like take everything away from them and exile them. And I'm like, that just seems like such a bizarre fucking also, like, the idea of telling them what and what not to say, like, you try to tell my dad what to say and what not to say, that is, it almost may, it'll be like throwing gasoline on the fire. Like, that's not going to work. So it's like, the, I, I just don't know what they, like, I don't think they know what actual 
like genuine bigotry and like anger and hatred looks like. So I think in their head, they're just like, oh, maybe we could kind of bully these people with opinions that are a little different than ours into submission. Well, that's the whole free speech argument that people have is that if you try to shut down speech, you're going to drive these people into the corners, um, into the darkness, and they're still going to plot and plan and they're still going to hold their views. But now they don't have outside influence to make them feel like an idiot. The shame, this is where shame is good. We, But you have public speech and people get to pick the ideas that they like and they, oh, thank you, 1999. Happy New Year. Happy New Decade. Uh, and considering how much we've accomplished in just 2019 alone, happy new century. So that's a very positive. I do. I do feel cautiously optimistic about the next decade. I think by 2030, we're going to have a lot of this shit sorted out. I, 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 think, so. I think there's a middle ground that leftists don't see and a middle ground that the right doesn't see. Like, I think when you're online, you kind of get caught up in this like bubble and then you meet like a normie. And then they'll just be like, you hear about these uh, transgenders when I use the bathroom? And you're like, oh, holy fuck. You're like decades away. (laughs) You're so far behind. Like, I think the average person doesn't know this stuff. And then when they start to hear it, there's some stuff they'll probably find acceptable and other shit that they'll weed out. So, like, they might go, yeah, I'll use the female and male gender and blah, blah, blah. But I don't think they're going to get on board with the Z and Zer and, you know, complete nonsense. And then they'll kind of take. So I think the average person just wants to kind of go along to get along. And I, I think the really scary stuff they'll kind of weed out. The the other part of all that that bothers me, though, is that when you're required to become political, like there's there's this whole, we want to control your speech, we want to control your actions, we want to control your thoughts. And then if you say, you know what, fuck it, I don't have time for this, I don't have time to watch the news, then you're privileged because now you have the luxury of not listening and they accuse you of um, being unaffected by things like you're you're above um, above being harmed by policies that that are put in place. So then you can't even say, you know what, I I I I want to check out. So um, if you want to be Amish, well, the, it's like not even a choice. There was like a a funny or die skit that I remember watching and going like, well, this is insane because it was like these uh. I think it was like two women and the jo- the joke was you always have that friend that doesn't want to talk about their political opinions. So it was like two, you know what I'm talking about where they're like, come on, Jeremy, tell us about your, what you think about this. And then he says his, he, at first he doesn't want to. And then he says it and it's something fucking insane. He's like, well, I just believe moon people are controlling us through the reptiles or something. And I'm like, that is not how it is at all. <laughs> like the person who wants to stay out of it. They just want to stay out of it. Like it's usually the person pushing, like, tell us your political opinions. That has the fucking kooky shit. The earth is round on both sides. Yeah. I don't know. A, I, I just uh, think, too, some of the stuff, too. like, if, if it's so ridiculous, just debunk it, you know? Like, yeah. just get it out there. Like, say you're crazy that, That's what I think the idea is supposed to be, is that um, even the person themselves, like, there's been a lot of times where we've had a conversation or, like, a little bit of a debate, and then I think about it later, and I'm like, oh yeah, I guess it that didn't really make sense. Where in your mind, in inside your your own little asylum, it totally makes sense. But then you talk to other people, and they put they point out the flaws, and uh, and then you realize. And I think that's one of the reasons why I like the public discourse so much. That's why I like it when we when we let people on the far right and the far left speak and debate one another, and then other people, the onlookers, can judge for themselves. Well, yeah, like I uh. 
I mean, I probably got red pilled or something like that. Like, I mean, I think I always had like a strain of like conservative, like being on the right a little bit. That I didn't acknowledge, but um, you know, I made a transition, and some of my friends, I'd I'd voice a new opinion to them, and they go, "Oh, you're crazy!" Like if I'd say like, "Well, there is a bias in the media," they they act in their head when I say there's a bias in the media. And they think I'm talking like cloak and dagger shit, you know, like they, they all meet up at night and they have like fucking cloaks and they're like, okay, we're going to do this. And I was like, no, there's a bias in the sense that if you surround yourself with people that agree with you, you don't even know what you're doing because nobody's going to object to it. They're just going to be like, yeah, that makes sense. And let's just run with that story or, you know, let's frame it this way. So it's like, it doesn't have to be so in your face. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I, I don't stop. So I can't. Oh, sorry. Sorry, I thought you were done. No, no I was going to tell her before she heads out, um, I want to hear like kind of what she thinks the next 10 years holds or at least the next year. Um, I prediction. don't like to make predictions because I don't feel like that's where my talents lie. Um, it's hard to say. I mean, I could really see things going either way. I could see things getting worse for us or I could see things getting better for us, but I don't think they can really stop the rise of populism at this point. Um, it's, it's too widespread. It's in too many countries. People are fed up with being exploited by the oligarchs and um, whether it's left-wing populism or right-wing populism, I honestly don't even care. I'm just happy to see it. You're happy to see left-wing populism? <laughs> I'm happy to see any kind of populism. I mean, even left, even left-wing populism. They're still, uh, they're still taking a stand against the globalists. I can, I can work with those people. I can find common ground with them. I mean, I, I have many positions that, in in a different universe, might even be considered left-wing, and it's just like I can't be left-wing because they're so, like, they're legit crazy. Right. But. Uh, there are there are points that I agree with them on. I don't think either the the right or the left has all the answers on on everything. So, left wing populists I have more in common with them than I do with right wing globalists. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely um, take take my political kind of my political compass test says I'm kind of right on the edge. Um, uh, I'm right over the tick for being on the right, but a mm. lot of my views, um, are still left what we would consider left leaning. Yeah. I tend to get like a very centrist result for that, yeah. but it's kind of like the issues, the way that they're divided as being like left or right issues, I do feel yeah. is rather arbitrary, like take environmental That's concerns. Like, why is that a left wing issue? Why can we not take that back? That's that should be yeah. a right wing issue, and th and that can be expressed in a conservative and right wing way. Gun ownership, I think, should be a left issue. I don't think it should be. I mean, I don't think that should be a right or a left issue. But it seems like a lot of my friends on the left, they're anti gun. Now they also live in California. Um, they and they many of them live in places where they don't have to own a gun because they feel safe. Um, the friends of mine sure. that are not pro gun. Um, but the area that I live in, I live in a big city, but also when I go out to the country, we have to worry about feral hogs. I mean, that's like a real thing in Texas. We, we really have to worry about animals. We really have to worry about, um, like home invasions and things like that. I live in Houston and I'm, you know, I travel in any direction and I'm in the country. So, um, exactly. 
this whole idea well, that like just taking away our guns is going to, I don't want to get into a gun debate here, but yeah, it's, it, that should be for um, protection, especially well, for if women. If you're a leftist, if you're a leftist and your position is that Trump is evil and he's going to throw us all in concentration camps, then why do you want only the government to have guns? It makes no yep. sense whatsoever. Yep. If you're, if your position is that you genuinely are concerned about like women, as you said, women's safety. Why would you not want women to be able to defend themselves against all these rapists that you believe are out there just waiting to, to get all of us? Yeah. Um, the fact that they don't take those positions tells you that the issues they claim to be concerned about are not the real ones, that it's just a front for something else. But there are people who are genuinely concerned about those things and who can see reason. And yeah. um, I think... I don't know. My view is always that we should try to find common ground with people wherever we can, not draw lines in the sands. Well, I think the problem is when they start to bring morality into it. So I notice the left does this a little bit more now, but the right's, you know, done it before too. But it's just like I th the left is very, if you're pro gun, that just means you don't care about kids dying. You know, it's once you start to ca kind of cast aspersions like that, there's no. You can't make an argument when somebody thinks you're the fucking supervillain or something. You know, like it's just like I don't know where we're gonna go when you're thinking that I want kids to die. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can't well, have an actually... honest conversation at that point. They're not. Yeah. They're not willing to engage in any kind of philosophical dialogue to arrive at at the truth or at any kind of practical solution or compromise. They just want to win. It's like the left is. Well, I shouldn't even say the left. The right does this a lot too. But this whole creating like win lose situations and taking these really hard stances where there's no flexibility, like it's so dogmatic and it's just a sign of lazy thinking. Okay, you guys, uh, I do, this has been an awesome conversation. I do have to start wrapping up because I promised my new yeah. wife that I wouldn't go past 9.30. And I just want to read these super chats. So if you guys want to stick around for the super chats, you can, or if you want to balance, I'll understand. We don't have too many to get yeah. through here. Uh, I'll stick around if it's not too long. Okay, yeah, this won't take too long. All right, so... Uh, Lou Bastone sent 666. He says, next 10 years, leftists will kill wrong thinkers and get away with it. Um, I mean, there's certainly going to be some violence, I think, as there always is, but I don't think it's going to be that bad. Uh, it's it's going to be just, you know, rogue terrorists, lone wolf terrorists. I don't think that it's going to be like a civil war or anything like that. Do you guys have anything to say about that? There are definitely people who have that kind of bloodlust, but um, I don't know. They would do it if they could get away with it. Of that, I have no doubt. Yeah, I don't think that we have to worry about um, state-sanctioned left-wing death squads quite yet. Yeah. Uh, Roy Danton sends $20. He says, Happy New Year, Happy New Decade, and considering how much we've accomplished in just 2019 alone, Happy New Century to the year of the first Western sunrise and a bright future. So very positive, nice message there. Thanks for that. Spurgalicious sends $2 and says, Tell Elsie's bitch ass to debate Eric Stryker. Swayed off the cuff, sent $5 and says, Bailey, I would install a stockade in the bedroom if she wanted. I think that was a response to another comment. Yeah, the, oh, yeah, as a super real chat. Real quick, the from, stockade, that's the thing the with the... Uh, yeah, that you put like head your head in, the, in your yeah, arms no, in. Okay, yeah, 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 that's yeah. what I thought. 
Bailey Chastain had sent $2 and said, use a stockade for women who doesn't listen. I think that was when we were talking about the, the shame stuff. Yeah. Frank Underwood sent uh, NOK 109, 109. Yeah. Says we can't afford to wait for people to become mature either. When women get the baby cravings in their early 30s, it is almost too late. At best, they will have one or two better to start early. So I think this is in response to a uh, philosophical philosophicat was saying that uh or both of you guys were saying like that you shouldn't have sex really or rush things too much and this and that and he's saying that waiting until 30 is too late because you're not going to be able to have that many kids what do you, th I, what do you think i agree that? waiting till 30 is a little late but i don't think i don't think rushing uh between the ages of i also think every person's different some women are ready to be moms get married and be moms at 18 you know, they're mature, they're ready for that. And the, the men are ready for that too, but that's not everybody. And I don't think that somebody who waits to even date until they're 23, 24 for the first time, I don't think that we should say that that person's doing it wrong. I think it depends on the person. Yeah. I'll say too, I don't, you don't have to have like five kids yeah. these days. You know what I mean? If you have two or three kids, that's probably as much as most people can handle just uh, financially and, and everything so i i could say a lot about that but like at its basic core i feel like first of all it kind of misunderstands uh what women need in order to want to have kids um but also it's just kind of like there's this assumption that oh we need to have lots and lots of babies because why we're, we're not going to outbreed every other race it's impossible to do at this point if demographics is destiny then we lost in the 60s when they opened the borders and there are more white people alive right now than at any time in history so we're not running out of white people the real issue is the fact that we don't have control over our borders anymore we don't have our sovereign nations anymore where we have our homelands and that's a real problem um, but pushing people to have kids before they're ready, where they're going to raise um, children who are broken and dysfunctional and who just perpetuate a broken system. I don't see that as a viable solution. I know there's people who disagree with me, but that's um, that's not something I'd ever encourage somebody to do, have kids before they're ready just for the sake of having kids. You're not going to turn the tide with that. And at best, you know, you're going to just you're going to raise another broken person. Get your own life in, in order first. Yeah, well and, said. And at no point did Annika or I ever say, wait until you're 30. Yeah, yeah. I, so that, that is one of the problems that I have is it feels like if I say, uh, that's something I'm not looking forward to back on YouTube again, is if you make one statement or if you if you say, this isn't for everyone, you just said that the opposite is for everyone. You know, if you say- There, there um, are just some people you know, if who you say, can't handle nuance. Yeah, if you say my- spurging my t-shirt is red what you're saying is i hate people with blue t-shirts that's that's kind of hey i'm wearing a blue shirt yeah well come <laughs> up on camera uh well we no. appreciate the donation frank underwood just for the record <laughs> <laughs> and uh the last one here is from suede off the cuff who says sends ten dollars and says talking to viv every day annika you are insane Oh my God, don't get me started on that. I'm not is sure if you misunderstood what you said about making a video every day or if that's because oh, I've 
or, or okay. fest because of yeah. the clip the clips in I've the been... intro because i have clips okay. from the okay the intro, wow so. i was about to flip out for a second there yeah just to let everyone know <laughs> since that live stream that we came out of that time i've not communicated in any way shape or form with that person from that live stream um and I, I don't believe anybody else that was in that live stream. Not to name names, I don't believe anybody else in the live stream has communicated with that person. So can't speak for anybody else. But no, I've I've heard nothing. It's been complete cricket, so I'm happy. I Some people have messaged me and said that there's still videos being made about me and the, I really don't care, quite honestly. Yeah, I don't care, it'll was, die off. That was a fun New year, stream, new you. But, but we've yeah. moved on with life, yeah. I think. It was fun. Uh, speaking of fun streams, this was really good. I want to say a big thank you to our guests, Philosophicat, Nurkish, Halsey, who had to run. Thanks so much for bringing in the new year yeah. with us, you guys. That was really a blast. And I hope we can have uh, you on again sometime for maybe just for the three of us, like me and Annika and, and you guys individually, to really get into stuff uh, in depth again sometime. Yeah, it's you, fun. You, you both are really smart uh, with a lot of lot to say. I've linked the channels in the description. I highly recommend everybody subscribe to these channels because these guys are uh, really top tier YouTubers here, and it's a pleasure to have you. Oh, thank you. So one other one other thing that fun. I did that I did for the the new year resolution is I flushed a lot of my old channels that I used to watch that were very negative. And I've, and I've resubscribed to some that I used to watch. And then I'm, I'm like trying, I'm looking for new channels. So anybody in the comment section, if there's a YouTuber out there that you think it was really good and kind of goes along with what we're looking for, please, please po either post a link to their channel or just put their name in uh, that we can search for. Cause I'm always looking for new, new channels of, of white pilling or at least gray pilling. So. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. Well, that's it. Everybody have a happy new year and thanks for watching and we'll catch you all on the flip side. Happy new year. Bye.